What's happening, weirdos? This is Paul Walter Hauser, who is incredible. I just watched in prep. We laugh about it. I get some things wrong. <laughs> I watched Richard Jewell. He's the star of the Clint Eastwood movie Richard Jewell, which he's incredible in. He also was in Cruella, which Val and I, it was cold here in L.A. in a fall day, and we rewatched Cruella. This is after the interview. This wasn't to prep. This was for fucking delight because he's amazing in it and we enjoyed that movie very much. And he was in I, Tanya. He's in so many things. And he's a, he's a comedian and he's a lover of the Lord. Lots to talk about. Lots to talk about. And I'm so glad you guys are here for the chat. Um, thanks to everybody who came to Largo uh, two nights ago for the We Made It Weird Endless Honeymoon mashup live uh, podcast. It was one of the time, hardest laughs of my life, for no doubt. Moshe, Natasha, and Val had me rolling so hard I fell out of my chair three or four times. Thanks to everybody who came. Uh, that one will be out soon. To the people that want to come to the next one, it's going to be on November 22nd at Largo, which is going to be me, uh, Val, musician Amy Mann, and other. we're going to get some other comedians as well to keep it light and funny and interesting and musical and beautiful. So that's uh, November 22nd. My next stand-up show at Largo is on November 3rd. Tickets to both of those are at Largo-LA.com. Uh, let's get to this as quickly as possible, as I always like to say. I do want to give a big shout out and a big thank you to our sponsors, the Pete's Picks, right out the gate. A new one here. As you guys know from listening to the show, both Val and I are huge believers in talk therapy, yet even in 2021, therapy still has a bit of a stigma. Some people don't want to open up to a stranger. Some people feel uh, like they might get judged by their families. Some people were judged by their families. I've been there on that one. But the truth is, meeting with a therapist to work on your mental health is just as normal and helpful and healthy as hiring a personal trainer to work on your physical health or to have a doctor look at a broken bone. And the positive impacts can be just as life-changing and just as important. And I'm so glad to be working with Talkspace because Talkspace makes it possible to speak with a licensed therapist right from your phone, your tablet, or your computer. And unlike traditional therapy, you can message your therapist anytime via text, video, or voice. It's 100% secure and stigma-free the way therapy should be. Speaking from personal experience, it's one of the strangest things about being human, but talking helps. Being listened to helps way more than the sum of its parts. You think it's just just flapping your gums. It's healing your heart. I first started seeing a therapist here in L.A. after uh, a breakup. It was actually just before a breakup, a relationship that I knew needed to end, but I needed some help. And I was just chatting and they were just listening. But it made a huge, profound impact on my life that had real life implications. And I needed that help. And I love that Talkspace makes it easy to connect with a therapist privately. And I like that they let you message them whenever you need to. It's all the benefits of therapy without the hassle of setting appointments and waiting a week between the conversations, or in my case, driving 90 minutes to the west side of Los Angeles. So if you've ever wondered about therapy but aren't sure where to start, you got to check out Talkspace. Their privacy and security stuff is on point. It is their number one priority stuff, I said. 
their privacy stuff. Their app puts you in a private room with just you and the therapist. You can send 24 hour uh, a day, seven day a week messages completely privately and get replies throughout the day. No need to wait for your appointment. And Talkspace's encryption and added security features keep your conversation fully protected. That is way better than the small white noise machine they had in the waiting room to help you from hearing into the room that I was in. <laughs> this is better. This is the tech version, the way better version of that. So join Talkspace today and start moving forward with a single message. Go to Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month when you use promo code WEIRD at sign up. That's $100 off at Talkspace.com when you use promo code weird yet get into it also let's talk a little bit about tech tech and especially audio tech is such a huge part of my life it's a huge part of a lot of our lives a lot of you are probably listening to this right now through your headphones and going from phone to laptop to desktop is super important it's super important to find the right tools that fit your routine but with how much we rely on our devices it's easy to forget about the hardware we're all born with i'm talking about your ears same as your fingerprints, no two are exactly alike. That's why your earbuds probably cause you some discomfort or even physical pain after a while. That's where Ultimate Ears fits. True wireless custom fit earbuds from Ultimate Ears are here to change all of that. Ultimate Ears fits are the most comfortable earbuds I've ever owned, which makes sense because they're custom fit. What does that mean? doesn't mean I had to drive somewhere to go for some fancy, uh, fancy pants fitting. It comes in the box. You take them out, you load the app, you put them in your ear, kind of amorphous, and you watch this really cool purple LED light light up and heat up the earbuds, and they you'll feel it. They start to form perfectly to the shape of your ears. No two are the same. We should have been doing this. This is what we should be doing with our earbuds. You feel it kind of like when you roll up an, uh, an ear plug and you put it in and it kind of like suctions out or, or expands. That's what the heat does, and it fills into every crevasse of your ear for a perfect fit. These are my workout earbuds. These are my working earbuds. They stay in place, and most importantly, they're comfortable all day. I forget that I'm wearing them because they're made for me. Podcasts like this one sound great, and music. They are engineered to provide a full, warm sound with a tight, punchy low end, and you can use their custom EQ presets through the app as well. With eight hours of continuous playback on a single charge and up to 20 hours with the charging case, Ultimate Ears Fits are the perfect choice for listening to your favorite shows like this one all day long. Built on industry-leading expertise, trusted by pro musicians and hi-fi enthusiasts for over 25 years. You can play and pause and answer calls with the built-in controls, which I love. And you can use the free app to set custom actions like voice assistant, volume adjustment, and more. If you don't love them, don't worry. Ultimate Ears offers a 30-day money-back guarantee. Plus, you'll get free shipping, free returns, and a one-year warranty. So, show your support of this show. And for a limited time, get 15% off uh, your pair of Ultimate Ears Fits True Wireless Earbuds at ue.com slash fits. UE like Ultimate Ears. UE.com slash fits. Just use promo code WEIRD at checkout. That's 15% off with promo code WEIRD at ue.com slash fits and get into it. Last but not least, here they are. One of my oldest, my standby. I just got another screenwriting friend of mine onto Alpha Brain and they are now giving it to every, they teach a class, giving it to everybody in their class, telling everybody about it, just like I do in real life. 
I love Alpha Brain. Alpha Brain is a nootropic. Alpha Brain is made from earth-grown ingredients that help support memory and focus. Like I like to say, it's nutrition for your ideas, for your creativity, for your focus, for your recall. Anything that I do for the past 10 years now, over, uh, that involves my brain, that's writing scripts, that's doing podcasts, that's being a guest on someone else's podcast, that's doing stand-up, that's going out to lunch with somebody, that's going on a date with Val. Anytime I want full access to my brain, which who doesn't want better and cleaner, more pointed focus to their brain, I always take two or three Alpha Brain 15 minutes beforehand. It's not like coffee. It's not a stimulant. It doesn't get you jacked. It doesn't give you energy. It just gives your brain the food, the nutrition that it needs to function at its, I'm going to say at its utmost. I've never said that before. At its utmost. I love it. I wish I knew about it earlier. I'm so glad I know about it now. And for real, for real, when I, when I talk to people in real life, I give out this promo code more often in real life than I do on this podcast. That's how much I believe in this product. So if you do anything creative or if you do anything at work that involves your brain or if you just want some more focus and some more uh, juice out of life because your brain is functioning properly, I highly suggest Alpha Brain. And you can get 10% off by going to onnit, O-N-N-I-T dot com slash weird. Show your support of the show and get your noodle cooking, cooking, cooking overtime. That's onnit.com slash weird. All right, everybody. Hope to see you on November 3rd at Largo for my stand-up show or November 22nd for the next live We Made It Weird with Amy Mann and other comedy guests. It's going to be incredible. And, of course, Sweet Lady Val. In the meantime, I really hope you enjoy this chat with my new friend, Paul Walter Hauser. Check out Richard Jewell if you haven't seen it. Check out Cruella. And definitely check out I, Tanya as well. Check out everything he's in. He's a fantastic actor, and you're about to see a fantastic human being. I hope you enjoy get into it. Oop, uh, sorry, one last thing. There is a joke in this episode that we both agreed would make a great t-shirt. I'm not going to ruin the joke. We did make it a t-shirt. If you would like to get that t-shirt, it's on my Instagram today. It's also on my Twitter today. Both of those are just Pete Holmes. Uh, And if you want it, check it out. It'll be there for a limited time. Uh, Okay, now enjoy. Get into it. These are optional, but this is your microphone. Welcome. I never usually say that. I, n- I don't normally. I often forget. Would you turn everything up a little bit, please, Katie? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Now let me hear you, Paul. Thanks, Katie. Test one, two. Can you turn Paul Test up a little two, three. bit? What's up? Yeah, those blew out. See, there's one. there's one light still hanging on. I had a guest who said this, Brian Simpson said this, he was like, I like, because I was like, sorry, it's sort of dumpy. And he was like, I like it. It's, it's like disarming. Like, it's not oh, slick. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you were imagining it a little bit more nice, but this is I it. No, <laughs> <laughs> This is what we're dealing I with. I don't know what I, I think I expected you to pull me into like a study with a brown leather couch. Ooh. And uh, you would have been like, yeah, the couch came after the stage for your show. It's not a big ah! deal. 1800 bucks, Wayfair. Um, no, this is cozy. This is my whole life. This room this is, is your vibe? This room is, it's just not even my vibe because vibe feels like more of a choice. This is more of like what I grew up in, what I live in, and who I am. Yeah. So uh, well, that- shoes on the treadmill with a candle, that's that's far more, 
I'm just saying it's it's far more my lane than a leather couch with some guy who's like, this is when I met Dave Chappelle. Yes, yeah, I, I mean, OMG. Don't need to meet another one of those guys. We don't need that. No. Well, you see, you have a picture of JC on your shirt. Oh, I love him. You love him. And love if there's him. one thing, JC, lay up, lay not up your treasure where moth and rust doth corrupt. I'm going King James on you. That's one of my KJV. favorite. And we're jumping... <laughs> A lot of bloodshed for the KJV. Don't get me started on ESV. Oh. Those heathens. <laughs> they can go straight to hell with, oh the, my God. with Elka. <laughs> Don't get me started on the message, bro. Don't get me started on Wisconsin <laughs> Synod of Lutherans. No, I... Uh, yeah, no, I... It's just... By the way, I can I swear? You may. Okay, I And swear you have been. And <laughs> let me put a pin in that point, and then you're going to you're gonna say what yeah. you're about to say. But like that's why no pictures of me and Dave Chappelle or whatever, because that's laying up your treasure where moth and rust can corrupt. It's like it's putting the focus on the wrong shit. So sure. not to compliment myself, blankets, soft couch, warm drinks, yeah. baby. Huga. 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 H-Y-G-E. Yes, somebody just it's told just me like about Huga. It's like real, real time Huga. Huga, coziness. Thank you. Yes. Are you familiar with the concept? Just learned about Huga. I don't remember who I told us about it, but a guest told me about it's like Huga. It's a Swedish Finnish thing where their their culture has crafted some sort of some sort of intentional environmental conviviality where everybody sits around with with knotted fleece blankets and yeah. cups of warm cocoa. Yeah, and yeah. They listen to records. And yes. They, I think it's what we have sex. That's right. And no, I don't you know, know that. That was boning. me going for a Norm Macdonald joke. No, they're boning. Oh, he's on the mind. And I'm it's obsessed okay. with Norm Macdonald. Are you? I, really? I, I always was. I saw Dirty Work when I was 11 in theaters. I never should have seen it based on my upbringing. Yeah. Uh, but, but I fell in love with him better. between Update and Dirty Work. And Didn't I just... it make it better because if you were trying to be a good sweet boy and you go oh, and yeah. see a dirty a dirty man? Well, that <laughs> you know what I mean. I don't mean he's actually dirty. He's talking about a film, guys. I didn't go to an alleyway and tap a guy on the shoulder with a trench coat. Hello, I'm a young, uncorrupted a- boy. I'd like to meet you, dirty man. Oh my god! No, no I, I, yeah, a, a, a raunchy comedy. Yeah, like I remember we watched Talking Dirty After Dark, which was a Martin Lawrence movie. I mean, like talking dirty after dark. Is that even on his IMDb? <laughs> I doubt it. Is this like the Red Shoe Diaries for David Duchovny? Oh, is that his Cinemax series? I think there's his there's nudies? a lot of actors who have done some nudies? some little shady nudies. Shitty nudies. Take a look at lower back until you see my booty. Oh, I think I think he's done some of that. Did you just improvise? Take a look at my dirt lower. Listen, back I submitted a lot of songs back. to Red, Red Shoe Diaries. It's not like I have to dig them all up. Um, you were trying to get on that soundtrack? Everybody was. It was at the time, me, James Newton, Howard, Hans, Zimmer, that is. No, Ira I, Newborn. I brought up... <laughs> Ira Newborn came up. I found it. Jerry Goldsmith. Yes. I, um, no, yes. I, I brought up Norm because I, what I loved about some of his humor is he would say a bunch of regular stuff and then end on something aggressive where he'd be like, yeah, yeah so I, uh, I went to the store the other day. These guys came up to me and said, uh, hey, we love you on SNL. And I said... Uh, that sounds great. You want to have sex? <laughs> like it was always like it was always like a thing where he was zinging you to just like yes. make you question everything about him. Well, that's one of the funnest things to do in comedy. It's fun. I have a joke right now that I'm doing, and it's really body positive, and it's like celebrating, uh, literally celebrating what a vagina is and how powerful it is and how magical it is. Oh yeah. And then it it takes the hardest, dirtiest turn at the end, and I'm really like, I could do the joke. I go like. After you have a baby, you can't look at porn the same way because you see what a vagina is. It's not a pussy. It's not fuck my pussy. It's right. not, that's marketing. That's market. A man was like, let's call it a pussy and we'll fuck the pussy. <laughs> like, that's a lie. Right. It's an interdimensional space portal. Then I sort of <laughs> prove the point. 
that it's like science fiction. It's like Stranger Things. Remember the aliens come out of an organic matter yes. that has a slit in it? That's a vagina. Look to any story, uh, like myths. There's always like a, a symbol that is a vagina. There's a sure. door in the floor. There's a trap door. There's a cave. It's the vagina. And that deserves our respect. And I was like, Whoa. after you see... What a, a, that a vagina is an interdimensional space portal, and this is the dirty part. I go, you don't go home and go. I wonder if you can put two dicks in it. Now listen, that's but that's a smart person doing lowbrow. It's highbrow people doing lowbrow. It's awesome. You like it? Of course. I'm it's never really- gonna forget this dead straight on eye contact you're giving me because I and, and telling me from your heart that you think it's okay. No, it's because terrific. every time I do it, I go. Is there another thing I can say there? Because I feel so much of the crowd get that cold shower feel. Oh, I think they need a couple of showers of their own. I don't think <laughs> I don't think you have to be concerned with that. I yeah. uh, I think it's a funny joke to me. <clears throat> to me, I could never get mad at like Monty Python doing Life of Brian. You know, mm. um, you, I just look at it like any time there's something that could offend. It's like, why are you actually offended? Are you offended? On an intellectual level, the same way you would be offended by hearing a lie and mm. someone proudly state a lie? Or is it coming from your own earned discomfort based on your circumstances? Mm. And, if it, and if it's not an intellectual offense and it's just like, well, I don't like 72 degrees, put it down to 68. Mm-hmm. Well, then you're a baby. <laughs> like, <laughs> Welcome to the real world. Like South Park makes fun of Jesus all the time. I'm not like pissed off at Matt and Trey. Right. I think they're brilliantly funny. Wow. So it's like... I just think uh, well, you, I think you got to do you also you have you have it so much easier than other guys and I'll, I'll explain why because you probably don't agree right out the gate. You have a likability and an endearingness that is a little more immediate, right? And, and so you can get away with, with a you. little bit because we don't because we don't but feel like you're some icky dude. Now, right. if Rich Voss or Joe Rogan says it, yeah, I don't know that it's going to come out the same way. And it's not that they're icky dudes, but they have a. Yeah, a thing. There's a. It's like if you were casting a Nicky dude, you might cast Rich Voss. And you know I what? He'd be that. happy. You for said the, that. He'd be happy for the work. It's double mean. I'm know. saying he's icky, and he no. When, Rich, we, listen, we love you. Listen, we love you, Rich Voss. When you grow the mustache, the wet yes. mustache yes. to go with the wet long hair, yes, you, you might join the ranks. Yes, Rich always looked like he just bought an illegal watch. Like he just came in from Canal Street. He just and he's not sure it's fake. He he wants to show it off. He looks like the kid in school who was like, "Listen, <laughs> I did cheat on my homework." Yes, but that kid is doing drugs in the bathroom. Oh, like, he's a good like, narc. Like he, yeah. he flips. Yeah, he yeah yes. he acts like the tough guy, but he's actually throwing in the. He's tough guys. also I I've roasted and made fun of Rick. Uh, Rick, you just said Rick. It's Rich, <laughs> didn't you? Did I say Rick? I don't know. Let's play the tape. Forgive back. me. I Actually, had five let's... hours sleep after a Rolling Stone concert last night. You so did? Little... I turned I turned thirty five today. So last hey, night, happy birthday! Thanks, this man. is your birthday. It is. Get this man some Fred sixty two waffles. I don't know. Do you want some? <laughs> Guys, you can't just say Fred sixty two waffles and then not. Was it deliberate that Richard Jewell doesn't eat the whole movie until he's exonerated? Spoiler. Then he eats a donut. Listen. Was Clint like, no food. Clint's you like, don't eat. We got to starve his fat ass. There's a lot nope. of talk about you being a soft man. And I, you're a great looking soft man. Please don't feel thanks, belittled. No, it's, it's what it and the, but you're talking about it. It's like a dress. No eating. No. And then you get a donut when you're exonerated? Well, I do eat lasagna in like the late first act of the film where that guy has the recording device and he's listening to me and kind of like... That's a cut scene. 
No, it's in the it's in the I film. just watched it. I, I was in it. I watched it last <laughs> night. No, I do this all I know you were in it, but when's the last time you've seen it, Richard? I call I you Richard. I don't know. Call me Dick Jewel. Wait, I'm on the case. I thought that was off this is such a waste of precious, wonderful time. It's your birthday. It's, it's when this is great. You're you're the guy who's accused of you being your gay lover. He says, you know that guy that came by with the lasagna, he was wearing a wire. Yeah. But I don't recall seeing it. You were probably so doped up, dude. I wasn't. I was in you this You probably sauna. were pulling the needle out while oh watching the film. Oh, my God. You seem to, look at this hair. I don't I know what to think it. of you. One time I said to Paul Thomas Anderson, I was like, are you aware of the theory in The Master? Have you seen The Master? Um, I love The Master. Me too. Yeah. And watch it again just because it's great, but watch it thinking Joaquin is the id, uh, Amy Adams is the super ego, and uh, Phil Hoffman is the ego. It's like, Perfect. It works what out is perfectly. That, what is that um, indicative of? I don't know. What, what do those things mean? Yeah, I'm sorry. Super ego, it's, it's okay. I love your candor. Uh, super ego is the part of you that says what you should and shouldn't do. It's like the inner parent. This is Freud. Okay. So that's, that's the voice that goes, Richard, you shouldn't have a cigarette. You're drunk and you're at a party mm-hmm. and it's going to kill you. <laughs> the ego is basically you, the, the you that you present. And the id is the wolf. It, it wants to fuck. It wants to fight. Oh, wow. What did, so, what did PTA say? What well, the say? reason I bring it up is... And You'd be I, great in one of his movies, by the you way. You shut your fucking yap. I'm serious. Dream of dreams. Is he one of your dream of dreams? Oh, he's top three. Because uh, let me go ahead and say one of us, wee bit closer. <laughs> and it's you. You, because I've never met him and you have, and you're probably well, friendly with Maya Rudolph. So no, listen to this story. I go... Have you heard the theory? And he goes, yeah, I've heard that theory. And then I go, we weren't like having dinner. He happened to be at Largo. Um, you go, so, he was on the John. <laughs> he was on the John. The urinal I went ahead and kicked in that door. <laughs> uh, and I said, well, uh, and then I started talking about like Joaquin. And he said that most of the things at the beginning of that movie are improvised. He told me. Oh, gangster. That's and, so cool. And I go, but I don't understand. You mean Joaquin Phoenix jerking off? You remember he jerks off yeah, into the ocean? The was improvised. And he goes, yeah. And I go, but the camera angle is like perfect. You said he was, just, you know what I mean? Like it really doesn't catch his yeah. dick. Yeah, he's not yeah. using a prosthetic. He's really jerking something. Like it feels, not his pee I'm not accusing him of that. I'm just saying it looks really maybe. well we done. Know. You don't know. Yeah, no, it looks good. It looks really, like they shot it perfectly. And you're just telling me he was running around like an animal and you were just shooting him? And he was like, yeah. And I go, but it parallels the scene where Amy Adams jerks off Phil Hoffman, it's like this perfect, like that's an appropriate masturbation. But what he really wants to do is jerk off on the beach. And I was like, yeah, it comes for full circle. It comes for, it ejaculates full circle. And I go, how I can, I some, can no, you, you have just walked into an award <laughs> ceremony, my friend, and we're going to blast trumpets and get you waffles from Fred. Uh, so I said, I made that point. Yeah, the correlations felt felt like uh, so deliberate. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I'm just like, how could it be improv? Like it was so perfect. And he goes, you know, I've seen it. Like, he said exactly what you just said. And I was like... You know, I've seen it. You know what, Paul? I'm a bit much. I'm telling you that scene isn't in that movie. I did just watch it. I I, I improvise a whole thing in the lasagna scene where uh, I put one of my fingers down as if to insinuate that I you could blow off your finger with an explosive device. And I yes. go on a little rant at the table. And he's kind of like... Looking, trying to look earnest and like sincere, but like I know this scene. It's at your house. Yeah. Okay. Fuck me. I, I won't. 
But here's let me tell you. Please tell him I'm not gay. Let me tell you this. <laughs> also, look, we're not going to talk about Richie J a lot because you're fantastic. Oh, thanks. But I did just watch it, and I have a lot of. Questions. I think it's a good movie. Ask I think me it's anything, a great man. movie. I I'm really proud think. of it. I don't think it's a perfect movie. I don't think it's Clint's best movie, but I think like it's not it's, Clint's worst movie. It's definitely in the canon of. of <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely in the canon of I'm not putting him down Clint please come on no, the it podcast is, listen it, it, these guys hopefully these guys aren't delusional these A-list uh, auteur filmmakers because I've worked with a couple of good ones really great ones Clint Spike Lee twice Craig Gillespie twice with yeah. Itani and Cruella um, trying you know chasing after other movies with auteur filmmakers the reality is is that if if you're prolific and you make more than four, you know it's easy to make four good movies every yeah. you know one every ten years or some shit. Yeah, but if you are prolific like the Coen Brothers, Spike, you're putting movies out almost every year and a half. Right. I think it just gives way to statistical probability right. uh, that that some of them might not be as sure. And and I don't think that's like I don't think you're knocking someone by saying. Uh, American Sniper is exponentially better than fifteen seventeen to Paris, or right. uh, uh, Mr. Griver is way better than Sully. It's like it's not, it's not a knock. It's just an observation. I right, think. right. And honestly, I felt like a turd, and I was like, should we edit that out? Because I'm not usually the sneaky guy in the back going like, Meh, I didn't like the mule. I did think it was funny that he had two three ways in the mule. That's all I remember. You think that was in a conversation had... between producers? You don't? <laughs> do you think they had a chat about it, Clint? You have a second. We're gonna cut the way. fifth one. We're gonna cut the fifth one. <laughs> the were... post credits three way. It plays as like a sexy Marvel scene. I think we gotta cut that out. He's wearing the Infinity Gauntlet and he's with two very young women. Why is for some reason Bradley here? Cooper's raccoon from Guardians is there? <laughs> Just kind of watching. <laughs> yeah, no, you I love. What? I'm glad I said it now because it led to this sweet, sweet riff. I, but I love not, that movie. Not though. to be a candy ass, but I am like, I do admire him and I think he's awesome. So I didn't mean to come at it that way. I, I actually think it's, it's fan- You know how evil this town is? Like your worst, your meanest thing is like, like... It's not his worst movie. Oh kind of insinuating that there have been like better a, ones than worse ones. It's just funny how we measure stuff. You know, time, God says in the, the Bible or whatever, time is like a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. Mm. And... Uh, and it puts everything in a question then of like the pe- the people who are thumping the Bible going, it's only been, we've only been here 2000 years, no matter what. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. you own a hardware store. I don't know that you need to be the person telling me how long the world's been around. <laughs> um, and then and then just like maybe wing nuts. Maybe wing when nuts. I have a question about wing nuts or Phillips versus Flathead. Yes. These, no, are, yeah. these are your. Expertise. Can you tell how little I know about hardware? When I you said it. wing nuts, I looked at you like you were speaking Cantonese. An- another bre- uh, breakfast treat that for your birthday. Bad. I don't know why. I don't know why I brought up the the timing. What was thing. bad? What Cantonese. Was the... You're allowed to say Cantonese. That's oh, a no, language. I know. I I was saying something about time from like the perspective of. And we're saying the town is so evil. Oh yeah. yeah. So so false false equivalencies is what I was really getting at, and this idea of like. Guys like you and me are pretty, pretty inherently sweet. I think I would imagine. I hope so. And uh, and our sort of like best day of of behavior is somebody's like. I don't know that I would think to do that. And I know right. it sounds like I'm tooting horns. I'm actually really upset that I'm this nice. It would be a lot more fun to 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 be devilish. Yeah, to get to laid wicked. way more often and to not care about people's feelings and to, like that sounds wonderful. But did but I? I didn't have sex till I was married. Really. I was a virgin until I was, you know, almost almost thirty four, and that was um. Oh wow, that was tough, man. Thirty four, but yeah. you were doing uh, titty fucks and shit. 
<laughs> Sir, can you not talk about my garden like it's a like it's a party? Um, no, I, I'm trying to I go just, back to the vagina joke. Oh I'm like trying to fi- I'm trying to be additive to your vagina. Uh, I just will analogy. never forget. I had a professor at my Christian college, and he was in his 30s, and he was telling me that he we were talking about how gay people should, or or whether or not gay people should just abstain. Like there was an article that would have been sounds cons- like a really open minded conversation. <laughs> no, dude, it was an article in my Christian college newspaper that would that would by any account be considered hate speech. Honestly, of course. And it was saying, in fact, that was the working title for the for the pamphlet. <laughs> hate speech. Hate speech. It's a really sweet font. But you, when they sent it to the, the paper, it was hate speech dot doc. <laughs> Hate speech. It was before dot X. So So he sent it. So, but they're not so proud boys. The ashamed. They should be ashamed. The ashamed boys. Oh, why are they proud? These are the these are the proud boys. They should be ashamed. I don't like certain people. It makes me ashamed. Is that Jerry Seinfeld getting jerked off while doing stand up? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! Why do I care about coffee and comedians when I can get bit off? And then Paul Thomas Anderson comes in and goes, you know, I've seen the movie. <laughs> it's the third jerk off in the master. There's Joaquin on the beach. There's Phil Hoffman. And then during the end credits, Thanos style, he's getting jerked off with the infinity gauntlet. So what's the deal? We go, his voice sounds different. I don't know if I like this. Why do you need a time stone and a reality stone? Oh my time God. is an element of reality. That's him coming. How many roles are we going to give Josh Brolin in the MCU? Oh, my Jesus. Cable and Thanos. You've seen movies, too. Get into, I thought it was get into my Winnebago. Are you still a practicing Christian? I love Christ. I don't know how else to say it. I'm, I follow the precepts of Christ. I mean, it seems pretty safe. Right? But it, when you say you're a Christian, uh, do I, I don't go to church. Uh, I believe in other metaphors. I believe in other symbols for the divine. I think uh I think I think you saying me. a Christian is someone who goes to church. It's probably a bit of a a bit of an oversimplification, right? I mean, I think we kind of I think you're kinda... just dodging the titty fuck question. <clears throat> I first off, I've never done that. I know what it is cuz I'm I'm a I'm a human. But uh, I, go back to what you were saying. Don't um, let me don't let me throw that at you. Yeah, what is that verse about titty fucking in Corinthians? <laughs> it's actually in Numbers. No, I no, I I mean, I I just I'm at I'm at a point in my uh, journey as I refer to it all the time with people um, because I don't think you ever I don't think there's I think this whole thing is just a penultimate stop. You know, there's a ceiling of how much we could even process mm. if we were given information uh, beyond our understanding, mm. and I think that's why we have that access to peace that passes all understanding. It's like a it's like um it's like a helpful naivete mm. because I don't think I don't know I think if we knew too much we wouldn't even want to be here. Well, I, I guess that's interesting. Um but but I but my journey just to sum up my journey has just been very much grew up in the church. My brother is now a sixth generation Lutheran pastor. It's in the blood. Uh, loved it because I was it's lucky. It's in the blood. It's in the so, Give me the blood, Lord. Eli, give me the blood, Lord. You know I've seen it. You know, uh, you know, I've we deleted it. the scene where Paul, Tom, <laughs> he where was... Paul Dano jerks up. <laughs> uh, what if you found out Daniel Day Lewis was improvising? Give me the blood. The whole scene was oh, just a God. rehearsal. That guy's so. It, I wouldn't even be surprised. That guy's a genius. Yeah. Uh, when it, yeah. That's good right, forehead that's vein acting. Yes. Very good forehead vein acting. 
You can't fake a forehead vein. No, and it starts like by his nose or something. Like it's a real oh, yeah. vein. He has a, that vein has an agent. It's a man. <laughs> Listen, he's a UK agent. He doesn't go to all the parties. He kind of has a family and a cottage. He's, <laughs> he's really into woodworking. I no the 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 journey though for me has been like now I've divorced myself from religion hmm. entirely. Like I had. I had somebody go after, I had like a religious person who's like a leader at a church in LA go after me on Twitter and say that I wasn't a Christian anymore because of my behavior. Mm. This is a guy I used to serve on a prayer team with where I would donate my whole day on a Sunday for two years and like skip the Super Bowl to go pray with people. So like to have someone like that attack me and a couple other people have done that, I've really been like, you know what? I'm good on y'all. I don't think I need any of y'all's approval or friendship. I've got a lot of friends. I'm okay. Yeah. Uh, and I'm chief really, among can them. Can I say I'm really sorry? Because I know. Oh, it's fine. It hurts. It the sucks. The specific way that that hurts. Like, it's almost like your parents. Like, the people that are involved oh. in your faith yeah. hurt more than it ought to. Is yeah. What I'm and it's because you, you identify them with them in a special way because yeah. it's that tribal thing. And I, yeah. I you know. I don't believe I don't believe in these wackadoo things like conversion therapy. I'm sorry. I don't believe, like... I don't believe that being gay is a choice. I don't believe that. So there's just a lot of, I don't, I think Donald Trump is, is a, a Happy Meal uh, toy that got melted in the sun. Like I, <laughs> I, I think a lot of things that are identified with Christianity now, I think are just disgusting adaptations of idiocy that, that are being done by very undereducated folks. Yeah. So, um, and that's coming from not the most educated dude. So uh, it's gotten bad. My relationship with Jesus is very much, I talk to him the way I talk to you guys. Um, I pray for people. I still tithe ten percent of what I make, and um, and I try to be a buddy. And that's kind of it. I try to like be a it's, buddy. It's, but that's kind of it. Like to try to make it about more. Yeah, if you want to start some ministry, awesome. But like in general, you're on earth to love people and to be loved. That's it. They're, the two commandments sum up ten. Chill the fuck out is what I want to tell Christians. Yeah. Chill the fuck. Out. When you get to heaven, you don't get a medal because you yelled at a bunch of people outside a bar with a homemade sign telling them they need to repent. Mm. That's weird as fuck. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I wish we could turn the tide on that and just have mm. people live the more simplistic version. Mm, so that's, that's my that's my soapbox. It's really beautiful. Let's put some tape in these recorders and we'll get going. <laughs> it's a standard. We didn't get any of that because we didn't get any of that. We didn't get any of it, Paul. We got the part about the titty fuck, <laughs> but the part where you. Tried to turn the tide of a broken religion. No, it's beautiful. You know, it's funny. The word repent. I am more of a maybe. I don't. I don't want to say I'm an intellectual, spiritual person, but I read a lot about mm. spirituality. I'm going to say a couple things that I think you might like. One, Richard Rohr says that the essence of faith is accepting that you are accepted. So I love that you included. We're here to love and to be loved, because that like self, including yourself in creation. You ever you ever forget that? That uh, you're a part of this creation, yeah. Like I think when you're raised Christian, like you often feel like you're overlaying on top of creation. Like God made the world and it's good, and then there's 100%. Paul, and he just whatever the sin is, he just lied, he swore, he stole, whatever it might have been. But also magnifying sins is such a joke. Like uh, my uncle Nathan, who was a pastor uh, at least for a while, I don't know if he's still doing it, but he told my brother a couple like a year ago. He said, "Did Jesus die on the cross or didn't he?" Why are we acting like a bunch of weird Martin Luther people whipping ourselves over sins? Like, that's bizarre. Mm. Who does that honor? Mm. What is the point of that? Like, kind of, is it finished or is it not sort of thing? Yeah, well, you devalue the cross if you're waking up every day going, I'm a piece of shit. Mm. It's like, dude, 
you're a creation of God. Life is really difficult. You don't have 99.9% of the answers you're looking for. Yeah. Why don't you crack a beer and forgive yourself and, and find a buddy? You're fine. And you're a buddy. You're a buddy. I love the buddy thing. That's I have a, real. Yeah. Here's another Richard Roy that I love. Uh, Jesus didn't die to change God's mind about us. Jesus died to change our mind about God. So instead, it was a flipping. We used to shed blood to appease God, and God was shedding blood to show us. Oh, wow. I think Rob Bell said something about that where, like, um, and I don't know him really, really well. I just read one of his books. Oh, hey. I did a little goog. little Gion. I gave you a goog. I'll tell you. I asked Jeeves a few Paul questions. Ask Jeeves. I went ahead and sucked off Jeeves. I'm sorry. Why is it so dirty? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, hold for plane. Hold for plane. Sucked off. <laughs> that could mean anything. Yes, you don't have to. Don't make it yes. dirty. Yes, I got him a milkshake with a very thin straw. Why did you? Do, why did your voice go up like why that? Why did it make him drunk? I have no idea why P.T. Anderson was so weirded out. Oh I don't get it. Oh my god, I'm a lot. I'm I've a d- lot. I've done. I dude, I've weirded out filmmakers before. Oliver, I was at a, I was at a CA holiday party and I went alone, which was a big mistake. Um, and, and I took an edible and I was just out of my mind I'm at this party. I'm just going to tweet, tweet that you're not a Christian real quick. Hold on. Thanks. Paul no, yeah. A- Cause if you, if you, if you ingest marijuana, yeah. you, it, it really disproves your, oh, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Because if you're not obeying. <laughs> Cause <laughs> Wait, the thief legal. on the cross who he said today you'll be with me in paradise. He probably, that was just a Tuesday for him, the cross. <laughs> I doubt he did anything to earn that placement. <laughs> I, um, I don't even know what we were talking about. You I'm were about to say between... pissing off filmmakers, but you were saying something that Rob Bell said. I said, oh, God, yeah. Yeah, Jesus was... died to change our mind about God. Yeah, and people, you know, people back in the day, you know, uh, uh, Jews, Gentiles, whatever, it was about making sacrifices to the gods. Like, I'm going to make a sacrifice to please you. Yeah, the angry God. And God making a sacrifice to people. Yeah. Is is some gangster shit, man. It's, That's a big concept Richard that said, gets lost in the he politics. Said that alone, if you sit with that and think about that, that it wasn't what I was raised was Jesus died because I'm a bad boy and he had to be tortured for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's like no, he was oh, showing his participation in the suffering of the world, showing that brokenness and loss is a part of the world. Richard also says that Christianity is basically a religion about how to lose gracefully. It's about loss. Oh, wow. We all we all lose in the end, Paul. I know you know that. Oh yeah. And this is what conversion is, and that was that's what repent means. It means change. It means change the way you see. And yeah. we're back to pictures of me and Chappelle in the house. That's not real treasure because I have an eye on the fact that I know that this is temporary. It's all written on running water. You know, it's not I love real. That. So you'll never you, see a U-Haul following a hearse. You are. The king of my heart today. Oh, so let the king of my, my heart, heart be the <laughs> You are good. You are good. You are good. You are good. Good. Oh, you are good. I'm the person that goes. One of my you always you always church. harmonize. You're the There's harmonizer. A, but there would always be a bad harmonizer. But we we're all bound by a covenant of love, so yeah. you couldn't make fun of them. There'd be someone that's like, yeah, oh, but you got to you got like, to yeah. love them. You got to let their freak flag fly. That's why I, the, uh, the church I, is a haven for for weirdos. I was I did a movie with it. it, it by the way. It's that thing of like when a socially awkward person has a lot of confidence. Yeah, it's like Joaquin and Joker. You know. Yes. 
like that is church half the time where it's like a bunch of people who are like, you know what? A lot is not okay, but I'm feeling good after this third Bethel song. That's- and it's like, you know what? That's what life is about, though. And, and replace Bethel's song with anything. Yeah. But like, man, life is about is making sure okay. you're okay because we all know we are not okay right now. Yeah. We are, but we're not. But that's it. It's no... It, the, the symbol for the faith is a dying naked man. A dying, Straight up. beaten, bloody man. The fact that Donald Trump, who you mentioned, I don't normally, I, I don't throw myself into the political ire too much. But the I fact don't throw that myself in. this guy's going like, that's my, that's my God. What? I'm not even saying just him. A lot of us have I'm seeing no, a fat ass be like, I love working out. That's and you're right. like, you're a fat ass. That's right. What do you mean you love working out? And I can say that because I am a fat ass. I, so I, I, I would gain 200 pounds just to get back into the fat jokes. They're oh so fun. Gosh, they're fun. <laughs> they're fun. I used to talk about, I did a bit. I did stand up for 12 years. Yes. And I did a bit where uh, you and I were on the same ticket one time, dude. I tell I, me, help me remember. I was. It was at Meltdown Comics. It was you, me, Brett Gelman, and like three other dudes. Fun. And uh, and I think you and I talked about the National brief, briefly. Do you like the National? I love the National. I love. Where's my name? I still want to do. Um, it's behind you. I still want to do. You and I could almost do like an adaptation of. Have you seen Mistaken for Strangers? You and I could play the brothers, and on like HBO could like adapt it from the doc to like a a, a four part. Like a four-part like limited series, and we could both well, murder first the... of all, you are an angel for saying that I could play I'm, Matt. I'm not, but thank you're you. a good Tom. If we got you in a long hair wig, be great, you'd be a good Tom, and he's a sweet, sweet man. I but love Matt their music. Is man. So cool. They're just, I mean, the I saw them live at the Hollywood Bowl like three, four years ago with I my buddy. There. Oh, with my buddy Colin Little. My buddy Colin Colin Little's a, a writer here in Hollywood and a big fan of yours. Oh wow! And uh, I like him. Really interesting faith journey where he came from like the Mormon faith, then became a Christian, and now is I think agnostic or wow. something. Um, but really brilliant, brilliant. He just guy. keeps downgrading. <laughs> he just keeps <laughs> shedding. For him, things. it's probably upgrading. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's, he's the happiest he's probably ever been. That's but wonderful. But he's dropping things. Which he's is uh, yeah, less and less, which actually is sort of beautiful. It is a process of unlearning. I and clinging less tightly. It's also you know. There are some people that are just like so angry about faith in general. And then there are some people that can look at it from just an intellectual distance and a perspective. And I think, I think I'm attracted to the folks who, who can at least talk about it. For you sure. Because some people, same with politics. And this will go back to your Trump thing. But like yeah. some people, some people talk about politics like they've been like their family members were murdered by a senator <laughs> it's like you are way too worked up about this thing yeah. that you cannot control yeah. even with your vote even yeah. though voting is great yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. like you know i think we're living in that twilight zone moment of like you can either become so aggressively upset about something right or you can Go take a yoga class and like well, do a is, puzzle. You got you got JC on my mind today. This is the eye is the window of the soul. It's like, mm. or or cleaning, wiping your lens is what the Buddhists would call it. Jesus said you have a speck That's in such your a eye. good way of putting it's it, right? right? It's yeah. like what are you, how are you? You called your your peepee your garden, but like your inner garden, your your my inner, secret garden because no one sees it. <laughs> but baby, if you eat from that apple, you'll know the truth. 
What do you What do you want me to do? The worm on the carpet in your podcast room? Because you love. What do you want me to? You want me to? Because you, you like. You want me to pop and lock? Do you want to meet the serpent? <laughs> Come oh, on, God. serpent. It doesn't talk, but he's if got I, two apples. If I gave him a name, it would be like. Richard Jenkins. It would, be, it would just be so. It would be a character actor. Is anyone Saul a- Rubinek? <laughs> this is your PP. This is my. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Do you have a name for yours? I haven't named mine. Never needed to. I mean, never needed. That sounded cocky, even though it wasn't saying anything. <laughs> never needed to. You well, just dropped the mic. That is a funny thing. People name their PPs because they don't feel great about them, so they take their clothes off. The girl, the person, their partner is like, I don't know, and you're like, his name is Dan. His name. Dan. This is Dan Fogelberg. Oh, fuck. I know him from AA. <laughs> Say hi. Like you're not even excited about him. <laughs> this is Jeff with a G. Oh He's as upset about the consonant as you are. Jeff Goldblum's a great name for your PP. Well, this is my Jeff Goldblum's uh, uh, PP uh, is yeah, Jeff yeah. Goldblum. Oh, this is my this is my uh, this is my PP and a uh, very nice, very very soft, very oh elbow like uh, <laughs> wrinkly skin sack beneath it. Yes, touch oh, it. Oh, yes. yes. Okay. Uh, so ooh. this this is ooh, this mm, is Jurassic. Mm. Yeah. Oh oh yeah, good idea. Let's get dinosaurs uh, chasing us. Can, yeah. I, can I just point out that your impression of Jeff is exponentially better than Tom Hiddleston's? Who's that? Have you seen Tom Hiddleston's impressions? Oh man, Tom Hiddleston does these impressions that, that sounds are like, like an evil Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> like there's another Thomas. There's Tom. Oh, he's, he's Loki. He's Loki. That guy. Oh, um, tremendous actor, by the way. Like theater trained, really good. Um, yeah, great, handsome dude. But like he does these impressions that are like they're kind. They're like sixty eight percent there. I see now. But he why does he them did. with a hundred percent like confidence, and it's like and oh, he shines like the sun. The guy's oh, living wow. charisma. Yeah, it's one of those things. You want to kneel. I saw Goldblum on Broadway in a play called The Pillow Man written by Martin McDonough, the author of In Bruges and Three Billboards. And was it great? Holy moly. Yeah. I was 18 on spring break, and while other kids were like, we're drinking martinis on a boat, <laughs> I was I was like, I'm watching Billy Crudup do a monologue. Dude. Like, I was like, that was my that was my spring break. Yeah, um, Billy Crudup. I was in New York do, seeing theater and drinking with my my brother and sister at college. Am I getting Billy Crudup right? Billy Crudup. Crudup, Crudup. Uh, he's, he's the MasterCard guy. He's the voice of the MasterCard. The fact commercial. that that's how you know him. No, I know, what are you, his entertainment attorney? Yeah, I, I do his ads. Yeah. I do the, but that's him, right? Yeah, that's where he probably bought his home with I, those MasterCard commercials. But I know did. him from Almost Famous, obviously. Of course. No, I, I forgive me. I just That was the quickest way to prove that we were talking about the same person. I saw him... On that little uh, theater in the West Village, do a one-man show, and it was one of the most unbelievable things I've ever seen in my life. And I watched the morning show. Not to be mean to the morning show, but I don't. I think it has some flaws. I'll say generally. I think they think it has some flaws. I, I will. Think, I think I, they know. I'm going to say that the second season. I want to know who they hired between one and two because two is better. It's than Matt one. Lauer. What's that? They're bringing back Matt Lauer. He's coming back. He's a consultant. Yeah, and he's getting that fourth jerk, baby. P.T. Anderson's Licorice Pizza starring <laughs> Matt Lauer and his penis. I think Billy Crudup is so good. He can make a line that might be kind of clunky, chunky, funky. And you're like, That's what is great this the greatest? To elevate the, the mediocrity. And Mark Duplass does it, too. Mark Duplass. I love that dude. He's that incredible. dude's good in everything. Mark, Mark Duplass, you could put in literally anything. That's right. And, and that, he would show up and own it. And Billy Crudup, speaking of superhero stuff, I was like, this guy could have been any, like, 
maybe he turned it down. Like he could have been an incredible fill in the blank here. He's one of those artist guys, though. I think, think so? like like I talked to Sam. I'm friendly with Sam after doing Richard Jewell, and the Sam way Rockwell, Rockwell, yeah, and Jeez. the way the way he he talks about Crudup, he's like, you don't understand. This guy has so much respect on his name, especially from the acting community and the theater community. He's like. Phil, like Phil Hoffman loved Billy Crudup. Like right. all these people that you love, love Billy. Mm. And uh, and he's one of those dudes where the real one, the real ones know, as they say. You know. Whoa! Can we talk a little bit? I'm a huge Sammy Rock fan, dude. Is he? Let's talk about it. Because he seems I, okay. So f- forgive. I did watch Richard Jewell last night. I've seen Cruella. I one of my favorite movies. Cute I've movie. Seen. I love it. I thought it was amazing. It was fun. I, I actually think it's more than cute. I think it's legit. For everybody, fantastic. And it's the first movie we saw in the theater. A couple at, people yeah. told me that, and it really it kind of warmed my heart where it I was should. like, wow, I got to be a small part of somebody's like first Res- trip back to the theater. Resurgence. Yeah. You were a big screen resurgence. Some people said they saw Richard Jewell. That was the last movie they saw pre-COVID, and then Cruella was like one of the first ones they saw after. Wow. And I'm like, God, Very, this uh, book ending is really Good cute. Friday Very and Easter sweet. right there. You got the, the sad story and then the like, here's a garbage truck full of dresses. Like, there's your Easter. How great was that outfit? I can't Flowing through it. the air. I can't handle it. I didn't know Brilliant. I liked fashion. I was like, I like fashion. And the cake moment, you're so fucking good in it. Oh, thanks, you're man. really, really talented. I should have said But let's get back top. to Sam, who we both love. Sam Rockwell is just one of those guys. Okay, so he, I'm not saying Richard Jewell was a good script. And it's pretty lean, meaning there's not a lot of like flash on the page. Yeah. Uh, meaning, you know, people just say what they're saying. And Sam would find a way, and you found a way, but we're talking about Sam, to find a way to say an ordinary line. What did he say? He had a line where somebody's like, um, is, it, is it Bill Gates telling me he wants to give me a million dollars because I'm, I'm available? He had a line like that. <clears throat> like, yeah. it's not a great joke, but he did it in a way that I was like, that's him. That's this guy. But isn't it about He's, He ate the script and digested it, and it came out as an artistic burp. That's how, that's how much he put it in, like yes. in his body. Yes. And I was like, I don't even know how the fuck you do that. It's I'm just saying know, words. It's also a know thyself thing of like, you know, you, I doubt you'll ever see me play a character I don't have some form of attribute laced threading to, meaning... Yeah. You know, I just did six months on an Apple limited series playing a, a true crime serial killer. Like oh, wow. a, a real dude who killed a ton of women. Um, my way in, because I don't murder and rape women, my way in was, of course, well, this guy was lonely, and this guy probably hated his life and hated himself to some degree and had to conjure up some sort of fantasy truth to make up for all the horrible things he's doing. Mm. So that was like a way in. Mm. With Richard Jewell, it's like, listen, I'm... Richard Jewell was a, a sweetheart to his own detriment. Mm. I have been, but I've also learned from that. So I, you find your ways in. So I think like Sam Rockwell playing th- that guy or any guy, he's like, he's going to find his way into it to make it real and authentic. Yeah. And then take any number of lines that, that don't have like a weightiness to them and give them something interesting. Oh, yeah. You know, you, that's you just what the great it. ones do, I think. I have one issue with that character. That dude's never had a Snickers bar. A guy? No, Sam Rockwell. Oh, yeah, he was lean. He was He's lean. a lean machine. He's a skinny guy. He's a lean machine. 
You know, he worked how, out like every morning. He'd be like boxing and doing like cardio and stuff with a trainer. I believe it. Yeah. He just seemed really, uh, and I do want to, I feel silly talking about him, but I do want to talk oh, about Oh, dude, you. I love that guy. I was, I was, dude, I was such a fan of Sam when I was like a teenager all the way through adulthood to now where like from, from the Green Mile yeah. to Matchstick Men and, and Galaxy Quest up until Moon with Duncan Jones, where he got Galaxy to do Quest dual is a roles. great example too, because it's like a real fluffy part that he made a lot. <laughs> but it, but he 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 really and you talk to him and he's like, oh yeah, that's me doing a little Bill Murray. That's me doing this rock and roll musician. Like yeah. he does insert different flavors from different things. And, Interesting. And says we're going to inject or infuse this performance. And I I try to do the same thing with, with yeah. what I do where. Yeah, I'll uh, you know my voice in Cruella was me literally doing an impersonation of Bob Hoskins and Hook. Uh, <laughs> it's me, and then me in this movie. I did this movie Queen Pins that's on Paramount Plus with uh, Kristen Bell and Vince Vaughn, and the whole film I'm doing this Dennis Farina accent, mm. this character actor Dennis Farina from the Midwest. Where, yeah, you know, like. Uh, yeah, when I'm outraged, I'm gonna talk like this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna wonder what the fuck are we doing right now? Like it's very Midwest Chicagoy, but it's like yeah. I didn't I didn't make that up. I'm just taking from right. other things, right? Trying well, to make them new in some regard. I love that. I, I I love that Sam is open about that because if you get oh, that yeah. good, you think you'd keep that to yourself because that's sort of how the the yeah. secret sauce or I don't like keeping the secrets of the work. I like giving them away. Yeah. Cause when I was coming up watching inside the actor's studio or the Hollywood round table, like Hollywood reporter round table things on YouTube, those were like an education for me. Yeah. Like those are part of what made me the actor I am. So to not give to the next generation, like a couple of pointers, like that doesn't seem very, I cool. feel that way. I just texted somebody about a podcast guest and I was like, why aren't we sharing our contacts? You know what I mean? What like, mean? why are we living in this depravity model where if you have this person on your podcast, you don't want them to do my podcast? And and we sort of live as oh, if wow. there's this competition that there may not be. So I texted another podcast and I was like, hey, do you have an in to this person? Yeah. Because I was like, like you're saying, why aren't we just, why aren't we helping? Why aren't we living in a world that I think we are, that like the more you give, the more you get? Like that you should be in that sort of well, a flow. And also, even if someone doesn't believe in God, a lot of non-religious people believe in karma. Yeah. So it's like, isn't this a part of constructing your own karma is yeah. by doing good for others? Even yeah. if even if you have that secret sort of ulterior reciprocity in mind or whatever, like, yeah, it's not a whatever. doesn't matter. I think we can even take some of the woo out of that. When I, I say this all the time, but these, these studies change my mind, change my life. If I use words in this conversation like kindness, gratitude, graciousness, mm -hmm. forgiveness, mercy, patience... Just literally that I said those words to you right now, I've shaped a little bit of your future. The way that the human animal works, the way that the brain works. The way we absorb. We are impressionable 10, maybe 100 times more than people think they are. This is why advertising works, for example. Oh, brilliant. So like yeah. when I am kind to you, if you ask me for something and I am generous, I have now been reminded of the possibility of generosity and then I live a different life. You could call that a blessing. That's you could brilliant. also call it a curse if I use words like worthless, pathetic, ugly. These these are curses. So what I'm saying sure. is it's not really tongue is a sword, bro. It is magic and it or you if you don't like magic, you could say it's not magic. But I'm saying it is magic, meaning 
This, but it's real magic. It's you can real. track that. You can. That's track what I mean. It. It's not for the people that don't like magic. We can say, well, here's the data that backs it up. You know, really, what I mean? really, and though. that's okay. And when I now everybody gets to come to the party. Yeah, and I, I, <laughs> I don't know. You strike me too as like someone who's more inclusive. My whole thing with stand-up comedy, part of the reason I got out of it, for one, I was good but not great, and I think you have to be great to do it at the level I wanted to do it. Mm. Um, uh, but but the other thing is also, it's not the most friendly environment. And you see that on Crashing. I binged Crashing oh, on... Oh, well, uh, thanks, man. Josh Church recommended it to me because we're trying to do something with him and Judd. Oh, fun. Um, not set in stone, but we're trying. We're trying to convince them. But, uh, but he was like, you got to watch this show. And I, I binged it when I had COVID last month. You had the code? And, uh, yeah, I had a break a breakthrough thing where uh, I had the J and J, and so when it hit me, it was it was like a three out of ten rather than like okay detrimental. But I, I binged Ted Lasso went. season one and both seasons of Crashing. Is it two seasons or it's three? three? Yeah. So I, I anyway the why did I bring that up? The reason because I brought the that world up is can be harsh. Yeah, and I don't I don't like. I don't like that. Like I hate when I'm at a party and someone's being excluded or made fun of and they're right there. And like, like I just, I combat the, the sort of needless bullying that happens in this town. I've done it on sets where like some producer will show up and mistreat me. I'm like the third lead in the thing. And I'm like, and, and I'll literally say something to them purposely in front of people where I'm like, it's great that you're here. We love having your support with craft service and, and dressing up like that, this is great. This is great. How, like, and the, and what's great is I'm making fun of them to their face because fuck you, you're an idiot. Yeah. But but it's also great because they know I'm comedic in nature, so they're just kind of laughing at it like, God, Paul's funny, right, guys? And I'm like, yes, you are also quite funny to me. <laughs> so you use comedy as a way to say truth. Weaponry. Justin Long, who, who I got to be friends with because of Sam too. Justin is the same way. We're like. We want to be the sweetest, most loving embrace of people possible. But the minute we get a whiff of some weird social tough guy, we're like, well, yeah. now you have 17 targets on you, just so you know, for the rest of your life. That's funny. I never noticed, but Justin could play Sam's brother. Like they have oh, a similar. They would be, I would watch that movie in a heartbeat. Yeah, they look just, similar. And, and they're really close. You know, they have like a brotherly relationship. Oh, that's great. I'm very lucky. Sam introduced me to Vince Vaughn, Justin Long, Bill Burr. Like he really. Mm. embraced me and was overly generous in, in kind of letting me into his circle of really wonderful, funny people. That's wonderful. But I do the same thing. I mean, I, You're if you it. know me, you know, you know my whole Rolodex. I'm always trying to bring people together. That's great. As someone who texted someone for a podcast guest today, I, I'm glad to know you. I'm just kidding. I can't know, but if, if, I know any, if I know anybody that you want to bring on that you know I'm friends with, just You're let me know. You're really sweet. I was, only, I was acting a fool for fun. Tell me some of the acting things that, that helped you, because I'm not just buttering your bread. I, 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 I loved you in Cruella. To be honest, I didn't put it together that that was you. Like I was just like, that's some British dude. I think that's a compliment. Oh, I didn't go, cool. that's Richard Jewell. When you're in a movie where the name is the guy, you yeah. know what I mean? You, there's, a, there's a better chance that you're going to be Richard Jewell. <laughs> right. Some casting agent, some short-sighted casting agent is going to be like, we can't have Richard Jewell. So I hope you like it when I say I watched Cruella and didn't go, Hey, there's Richard Jewell. I mean, that's kind of the hope. Yeah, that is yeah, the hope. That's for always sure. the hope. But you've done so many things that that's happened five, six, seven, eight times over. Tell tell me a little bit about your approach because when I what I know about um, Clint Eastwood's directing style, everybody does, is that he doesn't do a lot of takes, right? Sure. And I was saying that the script 
I actually think in an elegant way isn't overwritten and it it doesn't have a lot of like yeah no it's pretty down to the low to the ground yeah low to the ground so you have a guy an actor's director or a director who is an actor is an actor he's shooting a few takes and the script doesn't have the like then with a lump in his throat oh, you're tearing me apart like it doesn't have that tearing me apart Lisa but you're, <laughs> yeah of course from the room not uh, East of Eden um, but. <laughs> You, uh, uh, fuck, you found, you had to go and get it, I'm assuming. You had to go and get it. You had to take your own cue and go, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get the emotion. Clint doesn't tell you how to act. The only direction he gave me was speed. He'd say, you know, he would literally say, skip to my loo. He would, he would like move his finger in a clockwise rotation and go, skip to my loo a little more. A little quicker because sometimes I take a while like P.T. Anderson makes fun of Phil Hoffman where he's like on the set of Magnolia. There's footage of him going. Here's how I would. Here's how I would pick up the photograph on the on the table in the movie. And he walks up, looks at the photograph, picks up, sets it down after two seconds, walks away. He goes, here's Phil. And then he does the Phil Hoffman version. It's like it's like him, like taking his sweet time to get to the table, discovering the photo, looking at it first. Then picking of it course, up, of course. Then having a laugh that turns into a cry, and you but and it, you know it's a it's a two minute version of something. Of course, I I have that in me. I have that same sort of make a meal of it. Yeah, and it's worked to my advantage and disadvantage before. But with Clint, you know, he he got me to that point of like you know keep the keep the pace, keep the tempo, remember what we're doing. But what was great was he would let me improvise a lot. Mm. So there's probably twenty twenty five lines I improvised in Richard Jewell, and really? there's. There's um it does not feel that way, which is again a compliment. That's a good thing. Yeah. The scene where I kick the table and I break the cookie jar, that was the day I don't think that's in the movie. That was my work. <laughs> oh, lasagna. Yeah. No, Unbelievable. Not, not, not. You go, no, Richard Jewell, sorry, I watched Sully. It was the <laughs> it was the scene where you kick the table and break the cookie jar that I go. I just know you weren't on a set where you're doing 20 takes and it's like, try one where you go big. So you we, you took your own... We, we did about four it. of those. Okay. We did about four of those runs. The first, and mind you, there were two versions of it in different drafts and I had read both and prepped both and was kind of getting in my head where I'm like, what is the right one? And they're like, well, let's do this one then the next one. So we did, we did each version one time and Clint's like... All right, and I'm like, I think uh, I, I'm not feeling I need it again. Like I'm, I'm getting confused. All right. which one? We got it. All right, get the hell out of here. Move on. Pull your pants up. Get me some peeny M and M's from Craft Services. No, but nobody does eat cherries, and I saw him eat cherries and macadamia, white macadamia nuts. Okay, so somebody's telling Clint how to stay. Oh yeah, he's staying trim spot. Stay with us. He's doing it. Yeah, absolutely. He's doing it right. Don't let the old man in. He's when I was with Larry King, he was eating hot dogs and milkshakes, no fooling, because he was like, "I gotta gain weight." I was like, "Nobody's oh, told this guy about healthy fats." I'm not trying to disrespect him. I'm just saying it's okay. He's dead. <laughs> he is dead, but he, he was a lovely man. Lovely, was a lovely, lovely man. Great suspenders. Lovely man. Great, great forehead too. Great, great forehead work. That's a seven head, but yes. Um, <laughs> he had a seven. <laughs> Oh wait, no. Uh, what did I want to? Oh, so so Give me with my that, cherries and my nuts. The third, the third take was like us trying to perfect one of the two versions that we had already done. Yeah. And after that, Sam and I were kind of looking at each other, and I was flustered because mm. early on, Kathy Bates had a moment where she couldn't remember a monologue, or she was having trouble with it. And she's brilliant. So like her having trouble was like kind of surprising. I said to Sam, I go, 
what do you think happened last night? And he goes, and he looked, he looked at me really sharply and he goes, almost like correcting me. He goes, buddy, we're all going to have that day. He said, we're all going to have that night. Sammy And and it was really sweet and appropriate. And and he was dead on because he had a day where I wasn't there where he couldn't do this phone call scene. He was getting super pissed off about it. Mm. And that scene where I kicked the table and break the cookie jar was my day where. You mean the opening scene where he's, he's doing a fake phone call. He nails it. Some sort of no, not that it was. It was a thing with Nina Arianda where he's in his office with the with the Russian woman. Okay, but I had that day with that scene at the coffee table in the cookie jar, and I said, "I was like, I'm really not feeling this. Uh, it needs to feel less staged, and I kind of just need to like spit it out." And Sam took over like a pro. Sam goes, "Guys, give us one take. Let's just let's just do. Let's not even think about it. Let's just do it for real." That's so what I, Sam said? That's what Sam said. He was allowed uh, some to version just of that. come in and be like... Well, he was in the scene. Oh, okay. He and I were you know, combative I in that see, scene I where see. we're shouting at each other. I so I, I said to Steve Campanelli, the camera operator, uh, Clint's guy, I said, I'm going to break that cookie jar. I need you to make sure you tilt down and get it because I'm going to go to it. The two prop people, one of them runs away. <laughs> well, I knew we only had one, so I was like, this jar. is the last one. Clint does two takes. We're on take four. Clearly, it's going to end soon. <laughs> yeah. So This cookie I just, jar is going down. I just went nuts and I kicked the table which i hadn't done the previous things and then i improvised the whole i know that i know what he means cop to cop he calls me the pillsbury doughboy i yeah, walk in yeah that was all improv me yelling at him and just saying how oh, i was feeling man. did the cookie jar bit but when we were done i was so in my head like i i hate that fucking scene that sucked i don't know what the fuck i'm doing mm. and then i leave the theater and that's the scene everybody keeps coming up to me about and i'm yeah. like dude that's a good reminder of like for any actors or actresses listening, like, dude, do not be so hard on yourself. Be hard on yourself to the degree that you hold yourself accountable to excellent work, mm. but also be be willing to let it go and not torture yourself over something you thought you ruined. Oh, that's great. Because I, I do that way too much. I love that. What uh, Did you get any other tips from, not necessarily from Sam or Clint, but like, what are the mantras that you hold in your head when you're trying to act? Because you're so natural. You're, you really are like a stream. I don't feel any acting happening. That's good. And when you're doing a, a bio piece, like a real person, yeah. like there's, I don't know, those, when somebody's, I don't care how good you are when you're playing Elton John, I'm like, you're pretending to be Elton John. Like it feels, not that Richard Jewell was so famous. You know what I'm saying? Like it can sure. start, well, it can, it's, it's it because can be Richard catchable. isn't as famous as Elton too. Right, you know, th- there's that stigma, which is so tough playing the difference between playing a Kennedy and playing Robert McNamara, you know? Exactly. Uh, yes. But on that note of Kennedy's, I'm a huge Peter Sarsgaard fan. I think yeah, he's, he's one great. of the most underrated actors alive. And and what I love about him in the movie Jackie that he did with Natalie Portman is he's playing Bobby Kennedy, but he's not he's not talking like this, like a, yeah. a fucking Simpsons character doing a <laughs> candidate. You know, it's not that. So it's like, I think, I think you know, he's you got to like capture... Oh, very Sarsgaard. much. He's like a credit. I bet they've stolen roles from each other for 20 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They hate seeing each other in the room. Probably. Get the degree. fuck out of here, crud. <laughs> the guy is such crud. Oh, yeah. I got to say that to him when I meet Paul him. Paul Crud. Hey, crud. Get over here. Richard Mule. Where's crap? <laughs> we got to find someone with crap in their last name, like Crabtree. <laughs> crap and crud. Billy Crap Up? I, Billy Crap Up. Oh. I, um, I no, I really, I really learned... Uh, my my mantras are kind of o- over prepare the intentionality 
and and the words and then let it let it go and try to not be thinking about that and just try to live in it but then also choose things that you like you know you're your own sort of arbiter and construct constructor of um your what you you your palette of of entertainment so for me if there's something i find funny that i'm like man wouldn't it be funny if i did blah 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 like i tanya there's a scene where i'm uh, talking to Sebastian Stan's character, and he's like, you know, I wish we could do something to help Tanya, and we hatched that scheme in the bar. And I, there was a line where I say, I know a guy, like a guy who could do the job. The line was, I know a guy, uh, Derek, uh, he could do it for about a 1000 bucks." And I saw that, and I'm like, wouldn't it be funny if he said, I know a guy. I shouldn't even be saying his name. Derek. And and I just say Derek, and I just I added the shouldn't even be saying his name and the look around conspiratorially because I'm like, this guy, that's who he is. <laughs> he he like he wants to be this like super spy like in the no guy. Derek. And I just thought it was funny. And after the second or third take, I threw it in there on one of the takes, and the writer and director and everybody were like, dude, yeah, play, keep oh, playing. Oh, that's great. So it's about self amusement. Self amusement is as important an ingredient to my performing as anything because yeah. if I don't like it, why am I doing it? Yeah, I love it. Let's change uh, the channel a little bit and go into your early life. You're from Grand? Uh, born in Grand Rapids, grew up in Saginaw from age two uh, till I went to uh, college at 21. When did all of this start? I was really gregarious and had a pretty loud sense of humor for a little kid. Um, it was kind of some self-deprecating curmudgeonly sort of thing coming out of a seven-year-old, which is, you know, probably funny. Yes. Uh, and I was a little roly poly. So I was this cute kid who, you know, could have an Eeyore disposition. Yeah. Uh, and then I just got really into performing where I was, I remember auditioning for a school play like Daniel in the lion's den, the school operetta for the little kids in grade school. Mm. And, you know, I remember auditioning in the second grade classroom and reading lines out loud, hoping I got a good part. Mm-hmm. Something took over me where I wanted to be um, uh, competitive because mm-hmm. I didn't play sports. I did, but not well, and I wasn't dedicated. You know, mm-hmm. so this was kind of my sport. And I remember I some all the other kids got bigger lines than me, and I was like, man, I I wish I had one of the cool parts. And then two years later got a really good part in the fourth grade play and once again started improvising where I'm supposed to be teasing another uh, kid in the play and taunting them and I start doing like the Ric Flair walk uh, from wrestling and like saying woo and stuff and people in the audience are cracking up and uh, and I just got a taste of that. I got a taste of that thing, of that yeah. immediacy. Well, what stand-up does. Stand-up and theater both have that immediate response and yeah. And I fell in love with it. So by the time I was 12 or 13, my dream, I was obsessed. My dream was, okay, I'm going to do stand-up and write screenplays. I'm going to go to New York uh, University's Tisch School of the Arts. I'll graduate after four years. And while doing stand-up and writing scripts, I'll get on Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. I'll do that for five or six years. I'll leave and, and try to become like Rob Reiner where I can direct um, a misery and a spinal tap mm-hmm. and that'll be my career i'll do movies and i'll make movies i had all this figured out and i was so obsessed and then they were like yeah you don't have the grades for tish that's not gonna work mm-hmm. i'm like oh shit mm-hmm. well, i'll write scripts and then i found out like writing screenplays is the most elusive thing to break into mm-hmm. and i've written 20 movies in the last 18 years i think what and i've never gotten one made i've had people attached i had bill Hader, arnold schwarzenegger keen peel i've had a bunch of people 
involved and it never happened. Whoa. Uh, and then it's um, difficult for old PDs over here writing scripts and attaching people and has not sucks, yet made one, but I'm man, sort of at the so beginning. It's so hard. Really? It's so hard. Well, I say it's so hard and then there are people that do it once and they sell their first things. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think not to get too preachy, but I think I think God's got his own construction on that. Mm-hmm. And his will probably looks like my will, but not in the time span I would imagine, not mm-hmm. in the chronology mm-hmm. I would choose. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, became obsessed with that, wrote scripts, did uh stand up Made short films all throughout high school. Did like 10 plays in four years. Uh, I was obsessed. In high school? In high school. Can I ask this? It's, uh, you don't strike me as a guy that was doing it out of a wound. You seem like a guy that was doing it out of like a hammy love. Like an, yeah, uh, like you said, love. gregarious. It's just but love. It, like I'm not trying to lead you down this path, but for me it was definitely like, I don't feel comfortable. Like my family life was sort of rocky oh, and I okay. was the, the softest kid in my class and, and no, no girlfriends, none, none of the cool, whatever markers, you know? So I was like, and I'm religious and I'm wearing a, a rayon shirt and I am <laughs> slicking my hair like Zach Morris and my hands are really clammy. And from that comes, Hello, my honey. Hello, my baby. Hello, my like, ragtime gal. You seem, correct me, please tell me what it really was, but you seem like somebody that was well-liked. Yeah, I was I was, I was, was homecoming king of my high school of 360 yeah. kids. You probably wore a white tuxedo. You just seem like this guy. I was the class clown. I was that guy. I was voted most likely to end up in Hollywood or whatever. Really? tagged me in senior year. So there year. wasn't, this isn't a, uh, there wasn't like a, Roly poly stigma, like nobody. Oh, I was, dude. I was a fat kid who didn't. I mean, like, I was popular because I was kind to everyone, and I was very funny. Uh, I didn't date a single girl in high school. I wasn't getting laid. I wasn't going to a lot of parties. Me and like six or seven of my guy friends on a Friday night would go get Little Caesars hot and ready pizzas. And play the full su- title. And play you super. The full yeah, the full, put some respect <laughs> on the name. Papa John's racist as fuck. You're out the game. Make way for the Caesar. <laughs> give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Little Caesar. That, give to, Caesar give to Little Caesar what is Little Caesar's. Where's that t shirt? Let's start give the t shirt company. Little Caesar what is Little Caesar's. <laughs> and it just likes to God what is God. It's Jesus <laughs> holding a slice of pizza and it says, Give to Little Caesar what is Little Caesar's. Oh, God. Oh shit! I don't know if we're gonna top that. That's my favorite. That's my favorite part of this cover. That and you and I starring in the Mistaken for Strangers adaptation are now the highlights of our conversation. We gotta today. do it. I Let's would talk to HBO. It. I feel like you might know some of them. I can wear glasses. I can wear glasses. You gotta get that. Glasses. You gotta be able to drink wine and brood and write poetry. Can yeah, you do that for sure? Then you're good. I think I, I think Matt and I are both Enneagram fours, but that's another thing. I think I'm a four. <gasps> Look at you. Yeah. yeah. It's where you it's where you oh, what is it? I think it's it means that you've 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 hit it you've kidnapped people but you don't tell anybody. That's what a four is? This has been great. Tell me. Car door slam. I no the Enneagram thing is funny because people are so like they're, they they really they really you were like doing it. a comedy bit. 
That's I was doing a bit. I it. thought it was a metaphor for like your feelings or. People. I was trying to think of something reprehensible and and kidnapping people and and having it be. Paul, I, I failed you. I failed I you failed because you. I was looking for the meaning of the metaphor, not you go kidnap people. Joking. Oh, you you um you you pull them in only to keep them. You don't let them free. Yeah, Is I that... thought it was some emotional thing. No, I'm an idiot who's testing jokes on your podcast, which is not good. You're a professional funny person. Get, Why am I trying to be funny? Get you get that all the time, though. People are always trying mean? to... Holy shit, you look like Jeff Bridges with that hair. I just saw Starman. it. Starman. Dude, keep the hair and play Jeff Bridges' kid, man. I've wanted to play, yeah, and John Ritter. That's what I got. Holy shit, I love John Ritter. I know. I'm waiting for the John Ritter phone call. Oh, sweetheart. I would take that so seriously. You know what, though? He's got a son. Isn't that his son, Jason Ritter? Like you got to give it kid? to the son, you mean? I feel like, you, yeah, you got to give him the O'Shea Jackson Jr. treatment and straight out of Compton. And, and then, his dad I mean, cube. like, do you even want the guy that looks the most like the guy or do you want the guy that, like, has the DNA of the guy? I think you want whoever Who looks a lot like him. Because Gandolfini had his kid, Michael, play him in the in the Many Saints of Newark movie. I haven't yeah. seen it yet, but I know yeah. about it. And. And I, I do think if given the chance, I would rather cast someone who embodies the person hmm. rather than direct lineage. Well, um, I hope you cast it. I hope so, too. I had a dream of doing a Chris Farley biopic for a while, and I really wanted to do that. Um, That's funny, because Farley was about to do a, f- uh, a biopic of like a... Fatty Arbuckle. Fatty Arbuckle. David Mamet, yeah. who offered me that movie 20 years after Chris died in 2017. He did? I had one lunch with David Mamet in Santa Monica. What did he eat? And I don't recall. Probably something healthy. He's into like Brazilian jiu-jitsu and, and is super healthy. Really? Yeah. But uh, but it, actually, that's so weird. We we're sitting at that table, and he's like, do you want to do the movie? And I was like, hell yeah, I would do it. And he's like, do you know where to find $10 million? And I was that's like, not the no. next question you want. I don't know where to find $10 million. He's like, yeah, me neither. <laughs> it was like super awkward. We're like... You know, like we were both excited about this idea and then neither of us knew how to get it made. But he's David Mamet. Well, he is, but he also was, I think he called liberals, he said brain dead liberals in like an interview or two and like they just cast him aside like a leper. Really? Like David Milch and Judd walked past us at that same lunch. I don't I don't know if Judd saw us, but Milch walked past and, and it was just like a awkward moment where you could feel a distance as if like, David was doing something naughty by talking. Milch was doing something naughty by talking to Mammoth. It was so awkward. Really? To me, it was. Yeah. Wow. And I can say that freely. I don't. David Milch hasn't offered me anything. I'm not. I don't even know who not, David Milch. I know Zilch about. I think Milch. he did that show Deadwood. Oh, okay. But yeah, Mammoth offered me the Fetty Arbuckle movie, and I, I almost contingent did it. on coming up with ten million. Yeah, pretty sure he'd let me. Maybe play he would have given it to Chalamet at that point. We might need you to put on a couple pounds. Chalamet, get the suit from Shallow Hell. Buy me ten mil, you'll be shallow made. Timothy's just walking away. Drops a 40, 40 oh bucks on the God. table. Walks it sounds like a refreshing Gen Z drink. I you got off the same Kinnison movie too, I and I couldn't know. do that either. Well, I was like, I, I think I blow my vocal cords. I shouldn't do this. Yeah, that would be hard. That's too. I can't scream like ah! that. Ah, uh, women are I can't. Yeah. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I don't mean to disrespect, but he, you just have your guys, and he, he just never hooked me. Like I was never like, what do we got? Short and I got, I got Martin Short, Short Stern Daniel Farrell. Stern, Chris Farley, Jim Varney, Jim Carrey, and Robin Williams. There, you, those are your those people. Those are my guys. That's yeah. it. I got them tattooed on my arm. How many? Wait, show me again. Yeah. 
Short, Martin Short. Yep. Martin Short. Guess who was in my dream last night? Marty Short. Martin Short. It's a good he dream. He was in a temple because I'm watching. Uh, was it your body? The temple. This is how I tell you I've been a lover with Martin First Short. First Corinthians 6, verse 19 through 20. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit that is within you that you've received from God. You're not your own. You're brought to price there for honor God. And what does body. it say beneath that? Uh, it says, are you happy now, Brianna? I was in a weight loss challenge where we had to get this tattooed on our arm, this verse from the Bible about body being a temple. And uh, I lost the weight, and then I booked I, Tanya, and had to put all the weight back on. They wanted you thick. I wanted me thick. I saw photos of the guy. He looked like he ate a house. I so. want me thick. I, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't get why Paul Thomas Anderson was weirded out by it. I don't get it. We've, dude, there's You're me. the portrait of mental health. There's me, and then there's who I think I am. And who I think I am. That's I'm like, everybody, by I'm the way. I'm totally reasonable. That is I, everyone, yeah, by that's the way. everybody. That's not, yeah. I come home from parties and go, I'm a bit much. I'm I was obsessed much. with Marty Short from Clifford. Have you seen Clifford? The Big Red Dog? No, The Small Man Child. Oh. With Charles Grodin, Mary Steenburgen, and Richard Yes, Kane. I haven't seen it. Oh. Katie, you've seen it? That seen shit Clifford? is geniusly, darkly comedic and amazing. Really? Clifford. Oh, God, I love it. Um, See, it's the same thing with Kinnison. Whenever somebody has like a wacky, Martin Short has a quote where he goes, first you need a funny outfit and you're halfway there. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know about that. It's just like a generational thing. But that character really was doing that. Yeah. And I, I, I think that just put me on the outs for some reason. I don't know yeah, why. He's, I mean, it's a, it's a silly, I, for me, once again, like I, I wasn't, I'm not old enough to have remembered SCTV or anything, uh, even though I like it, you know, watching it archivally. But for me, Clifford, Archive Father and the Bride. An What's that? Archive is an adverb. I love it. Archive. Oh, I I've never said that. It was. A, do you think I'm judging you? No, no. I mean, I mean, like your dome right now. I loved. It. I, I never know. Sometimes I'll use a word like I used to say connotative, like uh, connotation connotes. Yeah. Uh, the word is connotes. Connotative is not a word, and I used it for two years. Connotative. I was like, you know oh yeah, that dress is kind of connotative of like uh, springtime. But based on the colors of the look, and then people are like, "You mean it connotes?" And I'm like, "I'm gonna go hide." Who said that to you? I don't know. I'll tell you who. Piece of shit. Satan. David Mamet. David. You mean connotes? If it wasn't David Mamet, I don't know. Mamet doesn't like improv, and I told him too. I was like, "Dude, I'm gonna improvise if I'm doing this movie." And I just do it. What did he say? He he relented. He seemed chill about it. And then he took his glasses off, gave them to Spike Lee. Spike Lee gave him his glasses, and they went. Can you even tell we've swapped glasses? And then I said, I can because I saw the physical transaction. (laughs) But if I just saw you guys after swapping, I don't know that I'd know. I don't know that I'd know. You are a gem. You're a jewel. A dick jewel. I am a Prince Albert. Did you ever say you hit me in the Richard Jewels? Have you ever said that? No, but uh, Sam said a bunch of crude versions of my name (laughs) when we were shooting. (laughs) Sam is always quick with a very... Dirty, psychotically infantile joke, which is one of many things I love about him. I love it, and I need it. A good wine drinker. the the first The first time we hung out, I was at his place uh, in in Manhattan, and there was some moment where we're sitting on his couch the first night, eating hunks of dark chocolate from like his freezer or refrigerator that he had, mm. uh, cooling his chocolate, if you will. Mm-hmm. Not a euphemism. Mm-hmm. Um, what does that mean? Taking a dump in the freezer. <laughs> I'm going to cool my chocolate go real quick. Cool my chocolate. If What's you poop that mean? in the freezer, I'm going to kill my ex-wife. You don't have to wipe. <laughs> oh, 
okay, why is it? I was saying, I was saying, like, what if, what if it just meant something you had something horrific? Cooling Uh, chocolate is the worst thing. Cooling chocolate. I'm gonna, I'm gonna burn down this, this, uh, this chapel. Um, (laughs) He, he and I were eating dark chocolate and drinking cognac and watching Rain Man together and pausing it when we saw something we loved and wanted to talk about. Really? And I was like, this feels like an adult Make a Wish. Like, what is happening? This is not my real life. Yeah. That's a PTA, right? Paul Thomas. He goes, yeah. who's better than Cruz? He loves Cruz. Does he? Loves Cruz. I love Cruz, but I wish he would do drama again. He hasn't really done a straightforward drama. Like, like what if Tom Cruise worked with David O. Russell tomorrow? How interesting could that be? Yeah. That could be amazing. But he's become a, f- a franchise. You can't do that. Become an action that. figure. He has become an action figure. Which yeah. we love, too. Those movies are fun. Those I, movies are more they're like fun. They're like they're Fast like, and Furious for people who... Who read bit, books? Yeah, maybe that's a nice way to put it. I would agree with that. I also think it's a metaphor for life. I think Ethan Hunt is a metaphor for the yearning of life to exist, which is another way of saying it's a metaphor for God. Meaning, no matter how many times it gets beaten down, no matter how many times you uproot the plant and salt the earth and yeah. scorch everything, life finds a way. No matter how many life finds a way, we're back to Goldblum. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, no matter how many meteorites hit the globe, uh, singeing, the, yes, the very tall Tyrannosaurus Rex, oh, yeah, burnt up, uh, he's gone. Yeah. Sounds like he's walking on coals, he's walking on hot coals. You found my secret. Oh, yeah, oh, he's, oh, Stegosaurus, ooh, ooh. Wish I, wish I had flip-flops? Pterodactyls, ooh, watching from above, that's my fate. Ooh, I'm going to have to land in that magma. Yeah. So what I'm saying is no matter how many meteorites hit the earth and wipe us out, life always comes back and that's Ethan Hunt that's why we love when a helicopter crashes and he's okay because mythologically speaking we know that that is true yeah we're not resilient but humanity is and that's Christ yeah we die but we we rise again like we're resurrected yeah I think I think Tom would love being compared to Christ I think that was well put he would love that you mean L. Ron Hubbard? And by that I mean E-L-R-O-N Hubbard. I'm not disparaging I, the science, Church of Scientology. I'm talking about a man, L. Ron Hubbard, L. from the Ron 70s, Hubbard. who played the tuba in a funk band, L. Ron. E-L-R-O-N. Is this a joke? I can't tell if you're joking. H-U-B-B-A-R-T. It's actually with a T. Hubbard. Hubbard. So nobody come at me. I am talking about. Uh, is this like Hubbard. The, this is the same timeout? <laughs> this, this is the this same. This is when you were joking and I didn't know. I'm 100 yes. percent joking. But also, but also, the, what you just did was that thing of like I said I'd give you a million doll hairs, not dollars. Oh that you were God. doing the doll hairs bit. The bi- the billion d- uh, ducks. But then it's always like you think I asked for hairs? a 12 inch pianist? You know that joke? <laughs> you know that joke? I'm guessing it's Owen Benjamin. Hilarious. You brought up, that's a real, uh, because Steve Byrne is going to do the podcast, if you can, Katie. And I was like, I wonder if he's going to talk about Owen Benjamin. I don't know what the hell happened. He's like saying the N word on YouTube vlogs. I'm like, what the, what is wrong with you, I haven't kept up with it. I watch, uh, like late at night, I'll just watch some of his videos just to like see into where his psyche is at. Yeah. And you can tell. You got to log in as a guest if you're going to watch those. Otherwise, the algorithm is going to be like. Oh, the, my algorithm's horrible. Very on confused now. It's just like fast food documentaries <laughs> and videos of people losing their their lives. I didn't like it because I watch a lot of Terrence McKenna videos about psychedelics and stuff, and yeah. it'll be like my suggestions will be like Democrats are sacrificing babies to the devil, and I'm like, 
can't I want to hear about DMT stories and not have you think that I'm that? But I guess they do. You know what? You know what I want to say to all these conspiracy theorist people is if, if even can you, can you close the door, Brody's. If Brody's even having a, a real dog party in there. If Sorry, even buddy. half of what they believe is true about these people being wholly evil. Yeah. WH. If, if WH holy. If even half of it is true, wouldn't you want to live your life differently in adherence to that reality? Because if the people running the world mm. are sacrificing kids and making human trafficking their occupation, mm. what hope do you have to make any changes or difference? None. You're sort of fucking making, none. Why don't you worry the, about your family and your neighborhood if you really believe that everybody is satanic? Why don't you worry about what you can control? This is uh, Morgan Freeman in The Dark Knight. He goes, so you think your boss dresses up as a bat this is good. and beats people to a bloody pulp and your plan and he makes is that to face. blackmail this person? It was sort such of, a brilliant moment. It, was sort of, it is. And that guy goes, "Okay." he does a great lick lip. Yeah, the little short guy. That guy was lip. terrific in that small role, by the way. He was. It was really, he was kind of memorable and believable in a really unique way. I like actors. I like completely that. agree. He's yeah. a no small but actor. I, but I do agree with that idea of like, okay, even if this is true, right. what are you going to do about it? You think your Facebook page is going to stop it? Right. They'll stop you. Well, unless you you're dying to be about... a martyr in this, in this fight. Like, That's true. That's interesting. It's also the same with Flat Earth or living in a simulation. It's like, okay, but how do you feel right now, Ron? Like, how's your, how's your day right now? Is, like, is let's, the... A lot of those things, and I'm saying this as someone who's done that, you go down those rabbit holes a lot of times when your life is so overwhelming. So now we're trying to have a little yeah. compassion, you know, like, or I am. I'm not saying you're being uncompassionate, discompassionate, whatever. Uh, Connotative. Connot- I was trying to think of the word. You are a true talent. I'm going to carve you an Emmy. I'm going to carve you a balsam Emmy. <laughs> uh, you were saying when you go down that rabbit hole, yeah, you're hurting. When yeah, you you're hurting. And, and you know what? Pain is real and we need help. And sometimes it, it's, it's easier to go... I think David Mamet is eating baby brains. It's easier to do that than go, I don't think my father respects me. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, 100%. I think I would take it even a step further in the lineage of your thought, which is that I think if you think that all these people who are doing so well are evil, yeah, it it almost makes you feel better about your lack of success. That's right. Where you're like, well, I'm not going to sell out and eat a human child and drink blood. Well, there's, uh, and that's why I live in a split level. And it's like, okay, if that's what you need to say to, to, f- to get six hours of sleep a night. Okay. It's, it's the movie memento. It's like the, the lies. I've only seen it once. You got to watch it. Backwards. I like it, but Otherwise, I it doesn't it make sense. So I'm just kidding. Uh, the Who point was that guy in that movie, that guy, what was that guy's name? Oh, the lead. What's Guy that guy's Pierce, name? Guy Pierce. I was joking. I oh. said guy like forty times. You are the queen. dad joke. Dad, dad joke. joke. I'll take my finger to your belly and poke. Dad joke. Dad joke. I'll take my finger to your belly and poke. Hey, 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 hey! You got five pokes, and that's my podcast theme. And you only say hey for the the first one. You don't say hey. You got five pokes, but only four heads. Yeah. Listen, have you ever seen a ghost? Have you ever almost died? Have you ever seen a UFO? Um, never seen a UFO, but I saw a light shoot from the sky down to earth. My dad and I did on the way to school one day. Is this a bit? Just me. tell me. No, 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 not a bit, really not a bit. Sorry, not a bit, not a bit, not a bit. Uh, but um, 
We, what do you we, mean? You saw a light? We saw a giant light that looked like something was on fire shoot from the sky quickly down. You saw a fire in the sky? Into like, yeah. Uh, Daytime or nighttime? Pillar of cloud by day, <laughs> fire by night. Yeah. Um, but, but we didn't know what to make of it. We just thought it was very weird because it didn't look normal. And then later on that day, there were all these news stories about a satellite beam from a, like, they science explained it, which is good because we believe in science, but it did look really strange. Uh, as far as ghosts and spirits or uh, angels, demons, I would need a whole podcast to tell you that stuff. What do you mean? I've, I've seen too much. I'm at, the, I'm at the point where like, I don't know. I don't know how to say that without sounding like a wackadoo. Give me one. I just, man, I, uh, oh God. Well, whatever. Why do I care what people think? I'm me, whether I like it or not. Um, wow, I wish I want that to be my ringtone. <laughs> I just I had a moment in Vegas where I got I had a pop brownie and got really stoned, and I was too stoned, and I literally sat on like a futon couch in this like weird uh, hotel place, and I was like, God, I'm way too high right now. This is awkward that I'm praying to you all in this high, but um, if you, like, if don't you worry, man, I'm high too, man. A different kind, man. And I um I just said I was like, you I'm know, the most high, dude. You- <laughs> Sorry. I uh, I just said to him like, "Can you make me less high?" I'm kind of freaking out, like almost like asking your friend, like, "Can you hold my hand while I, while I get this surgery until I, you know, yeah, sure. not get knocked out?" And I just felt, uh, I felt the Holy Spirit, which is one of those things you can't really explain to people unless they've they've had that moment, um, which is tough. But I just felt God tell me, "You're arrogant, and you forgot that I hate arrogance," and I. Did not expect to hear that. I didn't think I was arrogant, but I was. Mm. And I just kind of got corrected, and uh, I apologized. And then like a second later, he just gave me a lot of revelation about my future and told me a lot of really sweet things that made me weep and cry and kind of worship in this room in Vegas. And um, it was really heavy because when human beings correct people, it doesn't feel loving usually. Mm. It was the first and only time I felt corrected and uh sorry that's all right the idea of feeling corrected and agreeing with the person correcting you is in itself kind of a miraculous feeling because parts of us reject that and repel it obviously of course so to agree with him and understand what it meant but then to also feel loved afterwards and kind of like it's like your dad it's like your dad sitting you down uh not yelling at you, but sternly talking to you and then saying, all right, we're going to go for ice cream and then I'm going to take you to the park. Mm. That's what it felt like. Mm. And, uh, and I've had that in perpetuity once a year, some crazy moment like that has happened to me with God. And it's been very, very nice. It's just, I don't know. I mean, that's a cheap way of putting it, but yeah, no, it's beautiful. But, but, but now I am at that point though, where I have enough experiential faith where I go, Dude, you could you could be the worst person in the world, or you could be perceived as the best. It's dirty rags. Bible talks about that. It's it's translated to menstrual rags. Like your best day on earth is fucking nothing, which is why when we judge people, it's the grossest, weirdest thing to God because God's like, bitch, I bitch, I love you, and you're nothing. Yeah. So why are you? It's the thing of the guy whose debt gets cleared. The parable of. Hey, I cleared your debt. And then the guy whose debt was cleared screams it, chokes out some dude who owes him money. And God's like, dude, like, 
why are you judging these people? I don't judge you, and I, I love you, and I, there's plenty to judge, man. Mm, so that's kind of been why I've, I've divorced myself a little bit from religion in an organized fashion um, because I see way too much collective uh, culty choices being made that are adaptive and not true, mm. in my opinion. And the other, what were the visions, like moments that happened? Told me I was going to work for Disney, and then I got Cruella. Wow. Stuff like that. Stuff like that. Wow. I always knew Walt and God were tight. What? Walt and God. Oh, God. I have no idea. Uh, By the way, people are going to hear this and think I'm such a fucking douchebag, but but that's okay. I don't need to be liked by everybody, and that's been one of my biggest problems is I'm so needy and thirsty. I want to be liked by everybody, Mm. and that's not healthy. That's not realistic. Mm. That's interesting. I I don't know. I, I find... So you had an experience where a loving presence that you perceived as God, oh yeah, yeah, told was, you that you were that you were okay, you were, corrected you, and then told I'll, you you were going to be okay. I'll give a second. What, I'll, what is douchebag about that? Uh, you know how much we talk about my yeah. sauna on this fucking podcast. <laughs> I don't know. I, I had a I thing just where you to not worry about. Thank that. you. Like right now. Like thank you. Don't even spend waste another moment. Nobody's going to think that's bad. I prayed for the presidential candidate of 2016 really fervently, and I was really I was praying almost every day, asking God to give us somebody great. Mm. And the night Trump got into office, I drank a lot of bourbon and ate a lot of ice cream. And was very depressed. Rum the raisin? Next, what's that? Rum raisin? No. You know what it was? I poured bourbon into a bowl of like chocolate cherry ice cream and I let it all melt. And then it was like a boozy milkshake. Wow. I mean, 3 a.m. watching CNN by myself. In and went, Can I have those cherries? Can I have those cherries? Some Marcone almonds. <laughs> and a performance of a fucking lifetime. And give me a groundbreaking performance. <laughs> it's my Batman voice. <laughs> yeah, you're turning him into really? an Avenger. It's not... Who I am underneath. You're Clint Eastwood. It's what I do. It's okay. I made the mule. I know. And then Bane walks in. Oh, Batman. I'm going to break your body. Um, I, I I prayed over that presidential election. And when Trump got into office, I was uh, You were screaming it. And I was mad at God. I was mad. And the next morning, I went to pray before I went to work. I had my prayer list on a Word doc. And, uh, and I'm looking at it, and I started crying because I felt so disappointed. Mm. And that night, I had another one of those fun, crazy, spontaneous visits where I just got to be comforted. Mm. And God was kind of telling me, like, you know, I know, I know this sucks, but, like, I, I know what I'm doing. Right. Not, not, that I, not that God's like, Trump's great. It's more like God's like, I'm fucking great. Don't we're, worry about Trump. We're back to... The symbol of the religion is a naked, bleeding man on a cross. Yeah. So the incorporation of suffering, suffering being when things don't go your way, so that's a mild suffering, to literal physical suffering. The the rea- To me, I, I spent so much of my life praying for bad things to not happen, and now my under- just my understanding of God now is the energy that incorporates and uses everything that uses that. Yeah. You make a meal out of the scraps in the fridge. It's like, you know, this looks like something you would throw out, but I'm going, well, it's the beauty from ashes analogy from who beauty from ashes. You know, that phrase in Christianity, there you go. You're going to make something out of seemingly nothing or something out of what looks like spoiled food. And you're like, I'm not going to eat that. And God's like, but that's can work with this again. Richard Roy says that the mystery or God or love or infinity is, is revealed to us through great love and great suffering. Mm. That makes it so much more 
ubiquitous and accessible to all people, regardless of their faith. Everybody yeah. usually has some great love and, and everybody has some great suffering. And it's in those moments, you know, you and I are sort of sleepwalking. We're not all the time, but we're going around and buying shit on Amazon and <laughs> eating ice cream, bourbon smoothies and stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm saying me too. I'm saying me too. Yeah. And the things that snap us out of it, you experienced great love in Vegas. It snapped you out of it. Yeah. And you've experienced great love in, in on a personal level as well, I'm sure. And great suffering. We all, the pandemic, uh, for a lot of us, the Trump presidency, not everybody, mm-hmm. but a lot of people, that was a dark day and a dark four years. It's strange, but to me, the message seems to be this too. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Get it all in there because mm-hmm. I know it's for my healing. That's the welcoming prayer. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I welcome all things into my life because I know it's for my healing. And Dude, that is beautiful. the paradox. That's the paradox, yeah. And it's surrender. It's surrender. It is it's sur- not weak. It's takes, man, it takes strength to surrender. That's right. You know, And it takes trust. It's a riverbed of mercy. God is the riverbed. Reality is the river. Yeah, stop swimming. Can, just float. That's man. right. You float. can't push the river. And you can mourn. And you can be angry, yes. And all of that, and you can resist, and you can fight, and you can help. And God invites that. Nothing you're doing is shocking Him. Nothing you're doing is offending Him. That's it's, right. it's it offends Him because He's perfect, not because He doesn't like you. Well, I think about things like okay, let's use Richard Jewell just because I thought it was great, and I just watched it. Richard Jewell doesn't get accused of putting the bomb. Where's the movie? We needed that heartbreak. Mm-hmm. We and not just because it worked out well. Sometimes it doesn't work out well. Sometimes yeah. Richard Jewell goes to jail. Sometimes he gets the death penalty. But those right. stories, those that suffering, that pain, we know it in our guts is what we're here to do. If I'm in charge of your life, you, Paul, yeah. I want to see what happens, this, that, the other. I, I don't want you to just eat <laughs> cherries and get blowjobs. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like what it, We need the cracks, and we need to die. We need to have... Our, our, our egos, our false sense of self die. Jesus says the grain of wheat, when, if it's just a grain of wheat, it's just a grain of wheat. But if it dies, if it yeah. cracks, it can be so much more. So that is him saying, it's your brokenness mm. that I use. I'm mm. showing you that death is not an error. Uh, suffering is not an error. It's not, it's not a mistake. And, I, and I'm showing you a, a God or a reality that uses it all. That uses it uses it all. And if you don't believe that, your molecules used to be dinosaurs. Your molecules used to be stars. Don't you see? Yeah. Don't you see that death and resurrection is the pattern of this whole thing? Can't you see water evaporating and coming back? Don't you see? Sometimes I wake up and I'm like, we are swimming in clues that death and resurrection is not just Christianity. It's the pattern of the cosmos. And it and we uh, Protestants, you and I, we had way too much resurrection. And I'm saying, I'm quoting Richard Rohr, Catholics had way too much crucifixion, but the answer is both. It's both. I'm guilty of not getting in line with suffering and death and, and Easter as well, but it's both. Man, and you just did what I love, which is um, finding harmony between science and faith and not believing they're, they're, it's one or the other. I believe it's both. I um, do too. And, and I find comfort in that. But though, when the universal pattern is revealed yeah. in science, and when you, you go see like this that is thematic, uh, the thematic pattern that's this really is how neat. It goes. Yeah, I mean, to me, that's evidence of a very gracious. We could, let's just use the word God. It's a gracious God. To there's a lot of reason to doubt 
and there's a lot of reason to give up hope. Mm-hmm. And then there's, I'll give you that. But in the other hand, I want to, I want to hand you, there's a lot of reason to go, shit, there's a lot of fucking breadcrumbs, dude. There's yeah. a lot of if clues. If you pay attention. And, uh, yeah. I have double on, I have entendre twice on my left arm That's tattoo. That's funny. But I do it, and people think that there's like only a sexual connotation to double entendre, which is not true. No. Um, that's just one of the adaptive uses, obviously. But, um, but the reason I have it is because God, I'll feel like God will say something to me or show, or show me something. I say, say something. I sound like fucking Moses. I don't mean, <laughs> I don't mean like that all the time. I just mean, I'll feel like God will show me or say something to me. And then a week later, I find the double entendre, the second meaning in it. And I just mm. blows my mind. Interesting. But this happens every three days. What you, can you think of one? I'm trying to think. What is something? I felt like God, I felt like God told me that, uh, I felt like God told me, don't fuck my will up. <laughs> you know, cause God talks to us the way we hear, the way we understand. Mm. It's not that God loves saying fuck. It's like, it's that, well, if, if I'm going to speak to a Portuguese person, I'm going to speak Portuguese. Yeah. Um, if I'm going to talk to this swashbuckling sailor actor guy. A lot of R's. <laughs> Sorry, I thought you were going to have me on the swashbuckler. You meant if I'm talking to a pirate, a sailor. that's funnier. If I'm going to talk to a pirate, a lot of R's. <laughs> like, that is so funny. God speaks to us in our own oh, language. Fi- so but he's he talking got- to a pirate, and he's like, Arr, arr, you better stop doing yeah. the pillaging. Arr. Who has gained a day of their life by worrying about who's going to swab them? Arr. <laughs> arr, my eye be on, my yeah. one eye be on, the, on sparrow. the sparrow. <laughs> if I, I feed them, what do you think I'm going to do to you? Who would give their child the plank when he asks for booty? Oh, wow. <laughs> Where's that T-shirt? Where's gonna, that T-shirt? We'll make Little Caesars. Where's the T-shirt company? Give to Little Caesar what is Little Caesars. Oh, God. That is too good. I don't even know what we're saying, but I know that... Um, I know, oh, oh, the double entendre thing, double meaning. So don't fuck my will up is this idea of like will, like people say God's will. You know, what does God want? Um, what is a will on earth? A will, a last will and testament. It's, it's this disbursement of gifts. It's this disbursement of you now get this thing. Um, so his will is really our will. We want what he has, but it's in contention with the fact that we think his will is the sacrificial thing that we're not going to identify with. It feels like a chore. Mm. So it's saying like, don't fuck my will up is like, Hey, don't, don't, don't mess up my will because you're robbing yourself of the treasures and the things I have for you. Mm. That's interesting. When we were talking about sin earlier, I thought you might enjoy this as well. It's Richard Rohr. He says, sin is what doesn't work. And he goes, we don't suffer uh, for our sins. We suffer because of our sins. Like, your sins are things that don't work. I'll give you an example. Yeah. It's like relationship is better than jerking it to porn every day. You know what I'm saying? True story. I've done both. I agree. Meaning, I'm not saying it's objectively evil and wrong and you're a bad boy for jerking it to porn. I'm just saying it's not going to work. It doesn't yeah. work. Lying doesn't work. Telltale heart style. It's It catches up with you. It's corrosive. So stop thinking you're going to be sent to hell and be punished. Know that you're suffering now. It, it, it Sin is what doesn't work. Relationship yes. works. Flow works. Connection works. Openness, honesty, healing, cleaning up, waking up. These things work. Yes. So you're doing them for you. God isn't up there, in my opinion. God isn't anywhere going like, oh, you fucked up again. It's you're no. trying to clean up your uh, reception of the signal. 
Yes. You want a nice clean antenna for you because you can't be closer to or further from the love of God. You can't you can't do it. 100%. And the other thing is you can't earn grace. So like this whole thing of like, well, maybe if I do enough right things, it's like, dude, your right things are good because they enhance your stability in your life. They That's enhance right. who you are. That's right. They protect you. It's not about a scorecard. God doesn't look at your freaking report card when you die and go, well, you're going to be in the back of the bus. It That's doesn't right. work like that. I, I have a different Im- image than the Menses rags. Menses rags. Suck off Jeeves. This whole episode's been a shit show. I'm Listen, it's it's basically, yeah, it's basically been, uh, well, you know what? It's very indicative of we're similar people. We're like, well, we got the potty mouths, but yeah. we're also afraid of spiders. That's the whole, if you look like Mary Oliver poem, filthy riff, Bible verse, filthy riff, <laughs> Dao, Dao De Ching verse, filthy riff. That's the whole podcast. It's hysterical. This is what I was going to say. The way I don't do Menses rags is again as Richard Rohr, who I obviously love and changed my life, my spiritual father. Um, what is his name again? I'm sorry. R O H R, Richard Rohr. Okay, I'll look him up. Keep oh, going. Yeah, sorry. He's fantastic. You will love him. You'll oh, absolutely yeah. love him. Um, he says the, the things that we do for God, or the, the attempts at things, doing things for God, are like little drawings that our kids make us. I've stopped. Really? I said that. Five weeks ago, Shut and up. thought it was an original thought. Wow! God looks at us like puppies and children. Where even when they shit on the brand new carpet, it's like, oh God, you're so cute. You got it. I think you got it. I really think you got it. And it's not the picture; it's the effort. God likes that you want to connect. Yes. It's the God in you desiring itself. It wants to bring it in. You're just closing the circuit, this dude. As Roy. Kate Hudson said, and almost famous. The truth just sounds different. That's right. I'm That's 16. where I'll leave that. I'm the 16. truth just sounds different. I'm 14. I love that. Do you, did you know that when he repeats himself and, and she goes, he goes, ask me again. And then she goes, uh, would you go on the road with her or whatever? And he goes, yes. That was him saying, ask me again, like give like me an another actor. take. And they left it. Cameron Crowe left it in the movie because he just liked it. again. I love things like that. Those little things are fun. Those tiny Easter eggs—they always make me smile. This isn't as fun, but I, I did uh, voiceover for the E Trade Baby for six years. Oh, crazy! Yeah, that's cool. It was cool, and often the final cut had so many things where I was just talking to the producers because the truth just sounds different. If I'm just going, okay, like to them, like not acting, yeah. they would use that. Okay, I love that stuff, man. I, and I think, I think at the end of the day, like the OTD. At the OTD, <laughs> at the Old Country Buffet, at the OCB, um, I think at the end of the day, if you're not putting yourself into the role you you get offered or audition for and get, you're robbing people of of your greatness. And uh, and that's the other thing I want to tell young actors when they come up and ask for advice is like, remember that you're special. Like I know that sounds very it's hallmark. Like Richard Jewell. Let's go show them who you are. But like, it is yeah man. it's a great moment and i think i think the, when actors go into auditions when they're they move here at 20 and they're trying to book something it's like they're always worried about well, well what are they looking for yeah. they don't know what they're looking for yeah. they're looking for you another thing the holy spirit once told me is um there are people who don't like you because they've never even met the real you mm. And and so like it pays to find who you are and be authentic and pay that price because 
bet your ass authenticity has a price. Mm. I've already paid it over and over again. Mm. And um, that's but, what I but mean by sin not working. Like if you're fake, that's a burden that sure. you end up carrying. And it ends up not working. And you could have gotten somewhere faster and even better had you, you know. And this is your advice that. about acting. It's like instead of doing an impression of the actor that you think they want, just be the actor you are. Yeah. yeah. And, and embody fearlessly. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's what I've tried to do. And once again, I, you know, I may never star in a movie again. It might have been just Richard Jewell and I'm done, which is fine. It's already insane that I was got to do that. But um, I don't. Come on. But it pays to Come it pays to really really be you because all the best stuff I've done is because I leaned into who I was, yeah. not because I was trying to placate some assumed objective creatively. Mm. Love it, need it. I feel good. I feel good, man. What didn't we cover that you? Wish the words we of had? Mark Marin. We good. We good. Boomer. We all right. We are. Right? Boomer lives. We all right. I'll leave you on this. Last, uh, last thing I'll say, uh, Mark Marin is definitely in heaven someday, and he's got a special called Mark Marin colon, The Worst Thing About Heaven. That is and really double crazy. entendre. He's talking the worst things about heaven, talking shit about heaven, roasting it, which is hilarious. But also it's Mark Marin, The Worst Thing About Heaven, as if he is. Like the problem with John Stewart. Yeah, yeah. I need it. Yeah. Well, there's one more question. God loves Mark. It's whether a short he knows one. it or not. Of course he does. God is Mark. Does. God is playing Mark. He's marionetting Mark, and he's really enjoying it. And to our amusement, that guy's amazing. That's true. Uh, would you tell me the time in your life that you laughed the hardest? That's it. Whoa. Can you think of a time? Maybe you were homecoming king somebody <laughs> slipped and fell maybe somebody farted i maybe you were stoned probably <laughs> i think it was i think it was either watching team america on my 18th birthday we've in a row that. with five of my high school buddies yeah we've gotten we're on before. the floor crying yeah. or being in the theater next to my sister julia and my buddy andrew gunther watching Step Brothers. richard julia <laughs> raul julia raul julia um Step Brothers is uh, a great answer. I we but nut we were like on the Tom Tom. I mean, when he's like, I'm putting my nutsack on your drum set. Like, yeah. it was so absurd to yeah. see adults behaving that way. Yeah, my sister and I were looking at each other with tears in our eyes, crying. Laughing. We watch it once a year. I just think I also think the there's a biblical and and deeper meaning to that movie, which is lest you become like little children you shall not you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven so remember at the end oh yeah they have to revert back to who they are to do the music thing that's right and they're becoming like grown-ups when they're like that's great that's truly an interesting anecdote you're so sad to see performative becoming fake and then they have to return to their childlike sense which is what we all have to do did you know i but i don't we all have to grow up and then we have to become children again 100 percent. by the way yeah and by the way, I think older people loosen up a little bit because they realize that too late in the That's game right. where they're like, That's oh, why I'm eating these nuts this. and Jerry's. Do you know that Richard Jenkins improvised the thing about the dinosaur in that movie where he's like, I wanted to be a dinosaur. And then one day I was like, I can't, you're 30 years old. You can't be a fucking dinosaur. He did? Adam McKay just told him like, can you do some bit where you, and he just did that on the spot. That's what I read in her. I mean, gives me even more love, affection, and appreciation for Richard Jenkins. That's fun. As a as a screenwriter, you can appreciate getting all of the exposition out before the title card. It's just oh. like get to the fun. Yeah. Get to the fun. 
I don't need best to way to do it. Four year old virgin them. did that too, where he's getting up, he's got the boner, he pees, he's That's got all right. his toys. Like you learn so much in the first two minutes. I can't not write a movie where the first draft is their morning routine. It's always how I start, and it's because of Forty Year Old Virgin. And then I take it out. But like I always, <laughs> it's a good writing exercise. I want to know what their morning routine is, even of if course. I don't use that. If anything, you're just helping yourself understand the character. Even if you delete the scene, it's it's imprinted on your brain. Yeah. Tell me the name of one of the movies you wrote. I'll tell you what it was about. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> You'll never guess this one, but okay. I wrote a movie called The Broken March. Broken, M-A-R-C-H. The Broken March. It's about the assassination of Julius Caesar. No, it was about <laughs> a guy in 1950s uh, Virginia who works in a mining town in a mine shaft, and he gets in an accident where the, the crane elevator breaks, and every man in the fall dies except for him. And then he's in a coma, and when he wakes up, and his sister, who's a missionary in uh, Port-au-Prince in Haiti, she gets a telegram that says, your brother is in a coma. You should come home. He might die. Back then, they didn't have anything but iron lungs, you know, to throw people in. So yeah. she goes home to Virginia and is by her brother's bedside, and she's one of the only sort of faithful people who's praying for him. The rest of the family's kind of performative with their religion. And he wakes up on Thanksgiving night, and he has this power of phenomena where he can predict the future and is becoming a religious leader. But you find out that when he was in the coma, he was given the option to live or die and he could die and go to heaven or he could live and be a God on earth. <laughs> and he chose to live and he's evil and, and the family and people don't know, but he turns this town into like a cult and starts his own religion. And by the end of the film, his sister has to confront him and try to stop him. And, uh, and he gets killed in front of her. So I was close. Yeah. Do they cook the Thanksgiving turkey in the iron lung? Just a pitch. Listen, we got to add some humor to this movie. It's pretty dark. It's pretty dark. After he gets out of the iron lung, they throw raw turkey in there and they crank up the heat. Talk about a food coma. <laughs> you know who that sounds like? That's me dropping the mic. I feel like you know who I think would like directing that movie? Who? Clint Eastwood. Because he did that Matt Damon psychic movie. I never saw that one hereafter. Yeah, I read the screenplay. That was a good script. I heard the movie didn't go great. I liked it. It was good. Didn't go great. It was just one of the, the underseen ones. Like, and, and Matt Damon did two movies with him that I didn't see. The soccer one, too. Invictus. Morgan oh, Freeman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you want to punch this person? What? And what your, is that no, from? no. Your plan is to blackmail oh, this person. Dark Knight. Okay. 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 Um, Paul, thank Pete, you. Uh, without being uh, annoying, I genuinely hope we stay in touch and are friends, bud. I would love that. And we're going to get and off. If my... I can ever be a buddy or be helpful, please let me know. I believe you are a buddy, and nice I want to be you. your buddy. I appreciate you. And you're incredible. And you too, man. Thanks for being my first movie out of the pandemic. Hell yeah. And uh, here's the last thing. Would you say, keep it crispy, it's how we end. The guest says, keep it crispy. I could tell you more, but you don't, you don't need to know. K-E-E-P-I-T-C-R-I-S-P and why keep it crispy? And that's my creepy church version of keep it crispy.
I'm traveling through time and space right now. That was amazing. Just gotta walk away. Just walk away. You know you won. 